Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Six essential traits. Visionary, passionate, problem solver, driven, risk taker, and responsible. And if you have those things, you were born with them, they're ingrained in you, then you're an entrepreneur and this is right for you. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Welcome to this special episode, and thank you so much for being here today. And if this is your first time listening, I hope today's episode inspires you and helps you on your path to greatness. And I'd love to hear from you and know what your key takeaways are over on social media. Just message me at Lewis Howes over there. And if you're a regular listener of the show, then welcome back. I'm so grateful and inspired by your commitment to live greater, love deeper, and leave a legacy. Make sure to reference our show notes in the description for today's guest information and any mentioned links. And if you enjoy the show, make sure to tell a friend and leave a review over on Apple Podcast. This really helps the show reach more people and impact more lives as a result together. Okay, now it's time to dive into today's episode. I'm curious, it seems like everyone wants to be an entrepreneur over mm. the last five to seven years, kind of with digital media. Oh, yes portraying this luxurious lifestyle, yeah. the entrepreneurial lifestyle oh, yes. of how simple it is to launch a product and build a you know, nine-figure business overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a lot of people do it and realize how demanding it is on their time, mm-hmm. how challenging it is, how stressful it can be and overwhelming, yeah. how to manage people, how to promote a product, how to build social media, how to build an email list, how to navigate software, how to deal with people coming on and then leaving <laughs> after you've trained them for years. All these different challenges that come about legal fees and accounting, bookkeeping, all the stuff they don't teach you in normal school. What do you think is the biggest mistake that most entrepreneurs make? Is it launching too soon? Is it launching without a game plan? Is it hiring the wrong people? What would you say is one of the main mistakes that most entrepreneurs make when they get started? I'm gonna try and give the shortest answer I can, but it's hard to do, and and I'll do my best. So so for 30 years, I have obsessed about entrepreneurs, what makes them successful, help them become successful. And after all of that experience, I wrote a book called Entrepreneurial Leap to address Mm -hmm. exactly your question, okay? And what Entrepreneurial Leap does is everything in my power to talk most people on the planet out of becoming an entrepreneur. (laughs) Why Why is that? Because most are not cut out to be an entrepreneur. My math says about 4% of the population has what it takes to be a true entrepreneur. And so- What's a true entrepreneur? Six essential traits. Visionary, passionate, problem solver, driven, risk taker, and responsible. And if you have those things, you were born with them, they're ingrained in you, then you're an entrepreneur and this is right for you. And then the quick math would say that 96% of you probably should not do this. Doesn't mean you can't be a lifestyle entrepreneur. Doesn't mean you can't be a one person show. So that's, you can't be a sole proprietor. Doesn't mean you can't have a side hustle. Those are all fine, but to build a business with people 
oh, you got to have those six essential traits. And so I wrote that book to save lives. I'm trying to sell it. Don't do this. I'm trying to help anyone out there that thinks they want to do this that does not have the six essential traits. I'm trying to save them 10 years of hell because that's what's going to happen. And then one last little point is with that passion and with that book, there's three parts. So what I do first is confirm that they have those six essential traits and there's an assessment to do that. Then I show them a glimpse of the life. Then I show them a path for how to become successful. I think I can help eliminate half the mistakes they're going to make. They'll still make the other half. But that's the the really long answer to your question mm. because it's not this one thing. They didn't have a business plan. It's not this one thing. It's There's more going on there yeah. but it all starts with if you don't have the six essential traits my humble opinion one person's yes. opinion with a lot of experience in this and you've worked and, with and, yeah and tens I hope, of thousands of entrepreneurs exactly and i hope somebody proves me wrong okay i hope i'm wrong i hope i'm wrong that you are born with these in other words maybe you can develop these traits you can't develop a trait but maybe you can so prove me wrong out there yeah. but but i'm just trying to help because i see it and i see the ones that fail and i uh-huh. see the ones that succeed and it's scientific. <laughs> I think, so what I'm hearing you say is, um, if you wanna build a side hustle, if you wanna start an Etsy shop, if you wanna do consulting on the side, if you wanna make a product and, and put it up on Amazon and be a one-man show, you can do all that, mm-hmm. is what I'm hearing you say. Mm-hmm. But in order to, what's the difference between doing that where you're making side income or maybe good money as yeah. a solopreneur, what's the difference between that and an entrepreneur then? Yeah, Is it, You've, you've crossed a threshold of building a team. Is it, you've heard a certain revenue. What yeah. does that mean? Yeah, so there's another way I like to describe that. So I'm gonna answer it with this context first and then we'll go into a little more depth in what you're asking. So I describe it as a, as a range, the entrepreneurial range. And on this side are the self-employed people that are one person shows mm-hmm. and on this side are the true entrepreneurs. And so I always describe it as, you know, it's, if, you're, if you have handy skills, okay, you can become a handy man or a handy woman, charge 60 bucks an hour, make 100 grand a year and be busy for the rest of your life. That ain't such a bad gig. That's total freedom. You're self-employed. But if you have these six essential traits, you're not going to be able to stop yourself from thinking, wow, if I go hire somebody uh-huh. for 25 bucks an hour, I can go do that job or find another job. And all of a sudden you will find yourself with a construction company. Yes. The point is, yes, when you start to cross the second half of the range and go into this true entrepreneur range where you're going to have people and business and grow and all these other things. Mm. It's, 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 there's so much coming at you. (laughs) You have to have a certain wiring to handle all that. And it's not for everybody. You described it better than I could. All those things you rattled off that an entrepreneur deals with, it's all of those things. And it's not for everybody. Um, and, and, and the e-myth, for those that haven't read it out, yeah. there's the perfect book to read because the point he's making is most entrepreneurs have this entrepreneurial seizure and they think they're entrepreneurs. And so they're great technicians and they think they can go start a business as that technician. And it just takes so much more than just, hey, I could go build a hundred person company. So that's the best answer I have for you, but dig a little deeper it's, if I'm not being clear. It's interesting because I think, I don't think I was meant to be an entrepreneur early on. Mm. I think um, mm. I think it scared me. I was mm. like, this is, you know, I would look at leaders. I would look at entrepreneurs who are running companies who started a company. I was like, I don't know how they did this. Yeah. This seems like they have some superpowers, yeah. some skills that I could never get to. Mm. I remember as an athlete, I look at my life in sports terms. As an athlete, I never wanted to be uh, the quarterback or the main guy. I was mm-hmm. like, just throw me the ball, let me make a play. Yeah. Let Put me in a position to use my skills and my roles to yeah. make the best play to help the vision of our team win. Mm. That was always my thing. 
So I never wanted to take on all the responsibility and the weight of being an entrepreneur. Yeah. For years, I was like, I want to keep it small in terms of like just have a couple people on the team, mm -hmm. contractors, because the idea of having 20, 50, 100 people on a team seemed like just managing so much energy and weight that I was yeah. like, I, I don't know how to do that. Yeah. I think um, then after years and years of doing it that way and realizing I won't be able to scale past a certain limit, I was like, okay, I just need to figure out the tools and right, find the right people who can take on those other things, the things that I don't want to do. And so your book and your work has been really helpful in helping mm -hmm. me transform the mindset to break through that wall. Uh, but I, I don't think it was—I don't think it would have been for me if a few things didn't happen in my life. Yeah. My dad had an accident when I was like 21, mm -hmm. and he was always the one who was like, "Hey, just come work with me, and you have your backup plan after you know your sports dream is done." Mm -hmm. And I didn't have the, the financial backing or the, the spiritual, the mental backing or that coaching and support. Uh, and a few other things happened in my life where it kind of forced me into it. Mm -hmm. But I would think I would have been super happy just working with a great team yeah. that had resources to me to use my talents to like yeah. make a bigger impact. Yeah, you know, I, so I'd love to say this to that. It prompts three thoughts, okay? Number one is you were right to be scared. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's scary yeah. because here's the other reality. Even if you have the six essential traits, you still have a 50-50 <laughs> chance you're going to fail. Okay, right, So even right. if you have them, it's not like you get to, it's a guaranteed success. So yeah. you, you had every right to be scared. Number two, everybody that has these six essential traits, you don't become an entrepreneur at 18. Right. For some people, it's 18, 25, 35, 45, 55. And so it's when you're ready. Uh -huh. And then the last point is, yes, most people become an entrepreneur out of some crisis, you know, so they got fired yes. and all of a sudden they're forced to go make an income. You, so you, mm. the I had no job also. Exactly. I couldn't get a job. You were forced. It's 2008. Yeah. And I remember that time. Yeah. Oh, and I yeah. was like, many entrepreneurs were spawned in 2008 and 2009, just as yes. they're being spawned right now. Yeah, exactly. So, so it was the perfect storm for you. The timing was perfect. It uh -huh. was in, and, and so that's, you know, that's, that's my response. I think I would have been super happy with like, if there was a great leader that I was inspired by on a mission to like make an impact, and he was like, we can use your talents and skills and plug you into our system. You get to work with the team. You get to use your talents and help us reach our goals. I'm mm. like, this is awesome. Mm. But there was nothing like that for me available exactly. at the time. Yeah. So I created the thing I wish that I could be a part of. Mm. And that's what it came from. Yeah, and, and for what it's worth for me, I didn't know I was an entrepreneur until 29, okay, really? which is still pretty young. But I, so my life from 18 to 29 was this mess that in there you couldn't <laughs> possibly find what I was or what my abilities were. And so graduated high school with a solid 2.3 GPA. Academics are not for me, yeah. did not go to college. I was not gonna go to college. All my friends went off to college, went to work in a machine shop, saved up a bunch of money. I was gonna become a business owner. I was gonna start a corporate travel agency, went and worked for one, hated everything about mm -hmm. it. Started buying and selling real estate, got into real estate, took over a family business, then found some mentors, coaches, classes. So all of a sudden, after all of that, when I look back, it's like I can see all the little lessons uh -huh. and learnings that got me to where I was, but oh my God, it was the most terrifying, scary, insecure period in my life. But out of that, you know, spawned an entrepreneur. Yeah, but that's 10 years of, uh, of learning of, and growth. Of being and lost and just <laughs> trying to, you know, feel your weight. What do, you th what do you think was the greatest lesson you learned in those 10 years that supported you in becoming an entrepreneur that could thrive? Yeah. Um, 
I, you know, the thing that just comes right to this, the surface is hard work. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just, I just learned to work. I love to work. And it's, and even an Entrepreneur Leap, as we're talking about that book still, it's, I say it over and over and over and over. You got to work hard. It's, it, it mm-hmm. requires, nothing is ever going to replace hard work. Now, as we get into some of this other content, I assume we'll get there. You know, like when we talk about the EOS life, you ultimately get to decide your 100%, the amount of time you're gonna devote to your craft and your work. But in that time, you've got to bust your ass. Okay, nothing's ever gonna replace hard work. What happens if you don't work hard? You're just not going to get the results. It's, you're, or you're not gonna get them as fast, or you're not gonna learn as fast. Uh-huh. So there's so much that goes into working hard. What if there's an entrepreneur listening, or someone that wants to be an entrepreneur that says, gosh, I just don't wanna work that hard. I wanna yeah. have a nice little, you know, business that just makes me a hundred grand a year, a few hundred grand a year, million dollars a year, but I, I don't want to work like two, three hours a day. Yeah, I say to you, oh, I wish I knew how that felt. <laughs> and I am so envious of you because that is contentment. And I wish mm-hmm. I knew what contentment uh, felt like. Right. I hear it's nice. <laughs> so if you're out there and you say, that's all I want to make is a hundred grand. I don't want to build an empire. Then go be that sole proprietor, uh-huh. one person show. There are so many ways to make a hundred grand. Like I said, handyman, handy woman, you know, to pick an example that's non-tech. Mm-hmm. If you have handy skills, you can literally make a hundred grand a year, be completely independent. So I say to yeah. you, hallelujah for that. Exactly. I just uh, moved into a new place uh, this last weekend, and I had a task rabbit come mount the TV. This, this guy comes. He's probably 25, 20, 24, 25, maybe mm-hmm. 26. And um, I'm asking him, I'm like, I'm just curious. I'm like, hey, you know, why, what made you get into this? He goes, I was working at Starbucks making, I don't know, 16, 17 bucks an hour here in L.A., whatever the minimum wage is now. And... Um, and he said, I did this because I heard a friend was making six figures hanging TVs. Exactly. And I go, what's the most you've made in a day? He goes, I make about 500 bucks a day. Yeah. And I, you know, but you're running around town, you're mounting stuff, you're going into places. It's not like the, maybe the but, most glamorous thing. Right. But, like, but this is a, my exact point. Yeah, that so, opportunity exists. And then real quick story, I have a, a, a friend. So, so my daughter had a friend. We became relative friends with their parents. All as, as they grew up through high school, he worked at Ford. Mm-hmm. And but he always had a dream to be a handyman. He just wanted to do that kind of stuff. And so here he is today making his 60 bucks an hour. This guy glows. He's so yeah, happy yeah, yeah. making more money than he made at Ford. Uh-huh. And he's just in heaven doing his thing as a one person show. I think the key of the EOS life, which I think is really great to, to talk about these distinctions, is to do what you love. People can do something yeah. and make six figures, but maybe it's not what they love. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. like you can do what you you can make six figures, but are you doing what you love? Uh, yeah. Are you doing it with people you love? Yep. Are you making a difference and an impact using your skills and tools on the people around you? Yep. Which is something I talk about all the time. Mm-hmm. Are you getting compensated accordingly? Maybe you are, so you're doing one of the, the five distinctions, and you still have time for other passions. Maybe you have that second one as well. But if you're not able to create all five of these in your lifestyle, doing what you love, as an entrepreneur or a member of a team, exactly with people you enjoy being around, making an impact. It's funny because, um, you know, I talk about that on our team all the time. I go, we're here to, to serve people. We're here to change lives. We're here to create meaningful information to help people improve the quality of their life. Mm-hmm. We're here to make a difference. Here, here. And every week we talk about the testimonials and the impact we're making as a team. And I'm like, if you're on board to make an impact, then you're in the right place. If you're on board just to make money and you don't care what you you're it. on who you're helping 
then this isn't the right place for you. You got it. Our goal is that you're able to do all five of these. Mm. You know, I think that's really cool. You got but a lot it. of people aren't able to do that. Yeah, and if I may, because I really, so I'm a teacher at heart, okay? Mm -hmm. I teach. And we're, we started with this conversation about, you know, should you become an entrepreneur? How do you become an entrepreneur? And, and as we work our way through the content, we're jumping to this EOS life thing, which I think is so great because we're bookending this, for mm -hmm. lack of a better term. Um, but I want to as a teacher, anchor this, okay? Yes. So I want to say it in a nutshell, it's five points because I, yes. I, I, I fear your audience is so damn smart they're gonna miss <laughs> the point, okay? It so it's five points. Living your ideal life, this EOS life, as mm -hmm. we call it at EOS Worldwide, it, you said it, but I want to say it again. It's doing what you love yep. with people you love, making a huge difference, getting yeah. compensated appropriately with time for other passions. And I just want to say this to that, okay? Everybody out there, it is that simple, okay? Mm -hmm. And so so everybody's, there's like, they're reading a thousand different books, they're trying a thousand different things, they're working on all their baggage and all this stuff. But, but what I want to say is, for some people, they're not quite grasping it or they're not quite doing it because of one simple mechanism I need to flip in their brains. What's that? Okay? Yes. And that is they don't feel they deserve it. Oh, the deservedness. So I don't know if your guests are allowed to look in a camera, <laughs> yes. but I say to all of you yes. watching and all of you listening, you deserve it. Mm -hmm. So this thing that happened to you, it usually happened at seven, yeah. that you feel unworthy, mm -hmm. it's so you deserve it. And so the second you realize, I do deserve to live my ideal life, I beg you, it's five things. And the way we describe it is these five things, I already said them. And this is whether you're an entrepreneur or, or not it entrepreneur. It doesn't matter. Yes. And the tools are so simple because it's one tool for each of those points. Mm -hmm. But the point is, I get you to measure it. And so I get you to literally say, where are you on a scale of one to 10 with this one, with this one, yes, with this one? And it's about good. moving the needle. And so if you're sitting there at a five out of 10 and doing what you love, all you need to do is move the needle. If you can get to a six a year from now, mm -hmm. that is a quantum leap toward living your ideal life. And yeah. for some people, they'll get there in a year. For some people, it'll take them 20 years. But as long as you're moving in that direction, ah, oh, it's heaven. Yeah. Impossible. <laughs> You just don't feel you deserve it, and you yeah. do. So anyway, for what that's worth. So how do people get to the place of knowing they deserve to have all five? Well, it's, you know, so again, it's it's when I'm doing, delivering this talk to an audience, and I say that, that you deserve it, there are literally tears, mm. okay? So I, I can't tell you what that thing is for you. Um, so I, I, I'm trying to control my profanity. It flows yes. out of me freely, yes. but I, I'm going to try and control it, but we're all a little screwed up. Uh -huh. So I don't know the parts of you that are screwed up, but you're screwed up, yes. I'm screwed up. We're all a little screwed up. And so it's different for everyone why they don't feel they deserve this or worthy of this. So you've got to figure that out. You know, mm -hmm. for me, I just try and take you to this belief because I think I can create a breakthrough for 25% of the audience with just what we've said so far. Yeah. But I don't know, it's different for everybody. You know, for some it was that prick father and for uh -huh. some it was that thing that happened to them that was horrible and for, mm -hmm. it, it's different for yeah. all of us, but you deserve it. I mean, it's time to put it in the past and move forward. So sure. it's, it's simple, not easy, but it is that simple. But it sounds like for 10 years from, I guess, you know, 19 to 29, you were, 
figuring all this oh. stuff out, right? You were oh, you were at different levels of each. Oh, I was so screwed up back then. Insecure, <laughs> scared, jealous, fear of failure, fear of success. I mean, I had you know. So it's it's interesting because we're talking about for me what was. 30 something years ago. And so if we look back to that and where I am today, I'm always a work in progress. So, you know, always a work in progress under construction over here, but it's a quantum leap. And so yes. this is the point about moving the needle. I try and do at least one deep experience every year that clears something else out, man. And when you hit one of those yeah, things, ooh, just do the floodgates <laughs> open. But but uh, but so I just keep working on myself and clear that stuff out, whatever it is. And you mm -hmm. just get a little bit closer, get a little bit closer to listening to your soul and hearing mm -hmm. what your soul wants. And, yes. And anyway, so I, I don't know if that's answering the question. Sure. But, uh, what would you think is the the one of the original or one of the first biggest internal breakthroughs you had? How old were you when you realized I deserve more than where I'm at? Yeah, yeah. What was that for you? What year? Mm -hmm. And what so, was that breakthrough? Yeah, so it was 32, age 32, because... One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. I always felt like I was going to be successful. There was not a question in my mind. And I've always been good at making money. And then I've always been good at losing it. So I've been broke three <laughs> times. It yeah. finally stopped around 32, but these two things are not together. Um, but it was about vulnerability. So at 32, uh -huh. I realized I saw the three-foot wow. concrete wall that I surrounded myself within. Mm -hmm. I saw it and I said, holy crap, I am so afraid to be myself in this world. Wow. I am so afraid. And man, when I saw that, it started to come down. Didn't come down quick, but at least I had the awareness. And I sit here today, I don't give a f what you think about me. <laughs> right. um, but that took work. That didn't oh, happen man. instantly at 32. Yeah, yeah. And I would suggest you at 54, and, and just naturally as you get older, you start to feel more that way. But um, you know, just in the last five years, I've really gotten to that place. But it started at 32 when I saw it, man, and it was this thick, and then maybe a year later it was this thick, yeah, yeah. and then this thick. So the walls kept coming down, but man, that <laughs> you was- You had to chip away for a while though. That was a, that was a game changer that's when I discovered that. That's interesting, because that was what, like 20 something years ago, right? Or when So you... that would be 22 years ago. So that was really evolved thinking 22 years ago, because vulnerability in the world didn't yeah. really become a more of a- yeah an open subject, yeah. or at least in America, until about five, eight years ago yeah. with Brene Brown doing a lot of that work yeah. and kind of making it more mainstream and people on social media talking about their mental health and things like that and yeah. celebrities coming out about these things and athletes. 
when I was growing up um, in the 80s, I wasn't allowed to be a vulnerable young mm. boy, mm. you know, around peers. We yeah. grew up, you know, four hours from each other in the Midwest. If you were from oh yeah, Michigan. Michigan, yeah, Michigan boy. And so I wasn't taught to be vulnerable. Mm. And I took that with me in sports and then I took that with yeah. me in oh, business, yeah. mm-hmm. right? I was like, yeah. I'm going to win. I'm going to compete. If anyone screws me over, I'm going to get back at them. Don't mess with my money. Oh, yeah. Especially don't mess with my money. Oh, because yeah. when you're broke and you got no money and someone steals your money, you're like, we're about to fight. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. I took that mentality in the first four or five years of business. And it supported me in getting to a certain level. Mm-hmm. But it hurt me internally and hurt mm. my relationships and all these different things because I wasn't vulnerable. Mm. When I learned the power of vulnerability and just allowed myself to accept and love myself and be vulnerable with others, mm. it changed the game for me entrepreneurially mm. and in my life and yeah. in my peace and you know everything here. I get that all too well, my brother. That's fascinating that that was a big breakthrough for you. How important is it, do you think, for all entrepreneurs, success in order to be vulnerable? How, how valuable is that? And if you're not vulnerable in today's yeah. world of business, what is on the other side of that? Yeah, so again, here comes the teacher in me. So I want to create a little bit of context, okay? So I can't help but say this so that your audience is kind of connecting with each piece of content we talk about. Because there's five pieces of content that I have put out to the world, okay? And so the first is Entrepreneurial Leap, which we just talked about. Uh The second is Rocket Fuel, which is the whole visionary integrator concept. The next is Traction and Mm -hmm. EOS, which is the book Traction. Each one of these are a book. The fourth is the EOS life, which we've touched on. And then the fifth is 10 disciplines for managing and maximizing your energy. Right. And, and the reason I want to say that is because now we're going to bring up attraction and an EOS topic. Because when I learned this vulnerability thing, I started to apply it to business. So when you talk about how advanced that was, literally... 19 years ago, I was teaching vulnerability wow. to leadership teams. Wow. And, and so I had the aha. And, and so what I do and what I've done all these years and what we now do at EOS Worldwide is we work with leadership teams. Okay, And so picture you and whatever team uh-huh. reports to you that heads up the major functions. These are the three to seven people at the helm of a 10 to 250 person company. And so in working with them, you know, we describe our target market as somebody who is a team that is open-minded, respectful, growth-oriented, and willing to be vulnerable. So I've been saying that for 20 years, and a long answer, but hopefully this makes sense. So in that work and in that aha, thank you, Patrick Lencioni, if you know that name, because uh-huh. one of the things we do is, is I made every client read Lencioni's book, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, because Lencioni brought vulnerability to the corporate world mm-hmm. and got people to trust their fellow team members and be vulnerable with their fellow team members. So, so I started teaching that, learned Lencioni stuff, and I'm like, oh my God, he nailed it. And as, I, as I'm recalling this, my dad is really what helped me. He was so powerful and able to be vulnerable. So the point I'm making really? though is, is we get these leadership teams to be vulnerable, lower their guards, and, and it's, it's the same thing. You can watch that Teflon shell reducing and coming down. And as it does, there are, tears in our session rooms Uh it is group therapy again it's business focused we're not sitting around crying all day in these sessions these are hard charging leaders and entrepreneurs building great companies but what we're doing is getting to realize you're all a little screwed up none of us are perfect right let's admit all of our strengths and weaknesses and let's go forward as a team and build something amazing here and so we actually do this exercise every year with them in the annual where they give each other feedback 
and what I need you to start or stop doing. Mm. And that's where they really kind of hit them in the soul, hit them in the heart with something they're doing that is doing more damage than good. And so that's just an example of vulnerability. But ultimately, we get to a point where that three to seven person leadership team, every week in a level 10 meeting for 90 minutes, they're solving issues. And it starts by them looking the other person in the eye and just saying the issue. That's scary at first, but we get to a point where they just let it fly. And it's just mm. all just being real, open and honest, authentic, vulnerable. And so anyways, hopefully that all made sense. But yeah. that's the EOS yeah. stuff and what we do for companies in the world. What's available on the other side with vulnerability? And what's what what happens if the the team or the leaders or the organization isn't vulnerable? So so the practical business guy on me can't help but say first and foremost, it's getting to where you want to go about 10 times faster. So being so vulnerable you, is that exactly yeah, wow. because think of all, all this baggage everybody's holding and all of these resentments and whatever the, all of that is, you're trying to win a race dragging 10 anvils behind you. Man. You cut those anvils loose and you're going to fly. That's the practical side. The emotional side is that team is walking around 10,000 pounds lighter because this the Teflon, the concrete wall, that's, uh -huh. I mean, you're walking around, you're carrying this thing with you everywhere you go. It's heavy, man. It's heavy. And so to let that go and be free and fully be you, your energy's bigger, you're, you're anyway, I could stop. Yeah, of course. No, I think everyone's a work in progress, obviously. I mean, they, they got to want to be a sure. work in progress. For sure. I mean, one of the things that I... <laughs> I use this this platform as my like personal reveal all the, the, wrong, know, the wrong things about me. You know, your, uh, here's everything yeah. wrong about me. Here's all my mistakes Good and for flaws you, and insecure. You know, and here's how I'm working to improve on these things. You know, it's it's uh, and I feel blessed to have you know people like yourself who are so smart and talented to be able to bring wisdom to where I want to grow into in in all the different areas of my life. Um, but the the and and I remember. Specifically, the, the show has been around for nine years, and after six months, I know it was after a year of the show, I opened up and started being more vulnerable. And I remember right when that happened, it was a year in, people started messaging me and saying, Lewis, I don't know what you're doing, but the show is just mm. so much better. Cool. You know, like you're, yeah. you oh, just yeah. seem more real and oh, like yeah. open. I don't oh, know what yeah. you did in your life, yeah. but I went through a big transformation, uh, you know, one of many that I'm still going through, but it was... And I realized like everything started to grow in my business mm. when I started to bring the walls down here, here. and not try to be as like competitive or whatever. Here, and shifting here. from competition to collaboration, I think is really powerful. Yeah. So yeah, that's a great way to say it because picture that five person leadership team going from competition to collaboration, mm -hmm. you know, going from killing each other to loving each other. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, you can do the math on the productivity from that alone. And Absolutely. so that's that point I'm making is they literally get there 10 times faster because right. they're not running with anvils anymore. Right. Um, so you've got that one book that teaches you, okay, if you think you're an entrepreneur, go through this process. Entrepreneur leap, yeah. For those that are running their businesses, because we've got a big percentage of people who are right now, yeah. and they just feel like, man, I'm just struggling. You know, yeah. I'm stuck trying to get to the next level. I feel like I'm just... Not what, what I learned at one point is like I didn't feel like I was in my zone of genius all the time mm. because I was taking on so much mm. and I wasn't trusting everyone to do the job right or you know I didn't bring on the right people or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, 
And we were talking about before that there's in the book, tra is attraction in the book? There's yeah. the traction. Attraction is what teaches you how to implement EOS into your business. Yes. EOS. And there's five different elements. Or well, that's different. Yeah, so sorry. But there's six key components. Six components. So, so I feel so bad for your audience it's listening. So much. Five of these, six of those, <laughs> 12 of them. Oh, boy. So there's six components of traction. Yeah. Can we break those down? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And again, teacher and me just wants to anchor this. So, you know, when I talk about those five pieces of content, if you play that out, it is literally the lifeline of an entrepreneur. Uh -huh. But it's it's for anyone when we get into EOS life. But again, Entrepreneur Leap, if you're thinking about becoming an entrepreneur, let's pretend you did. Rocket Fuel is for you to understand if you're a visionary, how to go find your perfect integrator match, which okay. is a really important distinction let's go in success. That, let's go with yeah. that first okay. then, yeah, that's, the prog that's the it, process. It really is because no matter where you are, because EOS is for a 10 to 250 person company, if you're a visionary with two people, yes. Rocket Fuel's ready to start because you need to understand this incredible being that you are, this, mm -hmm. this genetic makeup that you have, this, <laughs> this energy ball that you are. And when you can learn how to manage and harness that uh -huh. and go find your perfect integrator match. So a visionary is that wild and crazy entrepreneur that typically founds the company. It's got an idea. I've got this vision. I think exactly. there's a problem in the world. I want to go solve this and problem. And goes out and starts to sell that thing, create that thing, generate some revenue, and build a company with people. There comes a point when that visionary needs to find their integrator match and counterbalance themselves mm -hmm. so the visionary can free themselves up to another level. And that integrator can run the day to day. Yes. And what happens, most visionaries never do that. And they find themselves managing all these people, which a visionary is terrible at. And so you just get stuck. And so Rocket Fuel, that book, helps you break through as a visionary to grow to the next level. Yeah, I remember before you go to the next point, yeah. I remember as I started doing this, I don't know, nine, eight, nine years ago, yeah. I remember bringing on, I don't know, three or four people. And for the first three or four hours, I, I care so much. I was mm -hmm. like, tell me, how's your day going? You know, And then right. it would be like two hour therapy <laughs> sessions every morning. All right. And it'd be noon. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, yeah. Wait, I haven't done anything right. today. Now do the Wait, math. I didn't do anything. Yeah, right. They didn't do anything. Now do the math. Now I have 20 people and do that. Exactly. What's going to happen to your business? And then I remember feeling like resentful and frustrated because yeah. I was like, I'm spending half my day just making sure my team feels good. Yeah. And helping them with their yeah. personal life yeah. and their problems. Yeah. 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 And I'm not out creating all revenue that to all pay that them. All that empathy gets you in trouble, bro. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's when I hired, uh, brought on Matt. And I was like, Matt, I think you'd be the perfect person to here, here. lead people yeah. and make sure that you give like tough love when you need to make you sure that it. you're empathetic, but then, you know, driving them and they're, they're and, and that's the beauty of finding your perfect integrator. Yeah. And again, we show you exactly how to do that, but you don't even have to tell them that because this is what they do. This is their gift. This is their energy, which is so different than the visionary's energy. Yeah. So you put those two energy balls together, look out baby. So they just know how to run stuff that they're gifted at just running businesses, uh -huh. managing people, orchestrating all that human energy yeah. so that you're freed up to just go do your magic and grow the business. So what's a perfect integrator then? What do they have? Well, so they are um, great at organizing. Yes. They're very organized. They're great at managing people, meaning holding them accountable. They're great kind of taskmasters, if you will, in terms of holding people accountable to get the job done. Uh, they're great at managing the P&L to make sure that there is a profit at the yes. end of the day. Yes. Um, and then I always call it orchestrating or harmoniously integrating the major functions of the business. And so in a business, you typically have marketing, sales, operations, finance. They have this wonderful way of orchestrating that 
those functions mm -hmm. and get everybody rowing in the same direction. So bottom line is they're great at running the day-to-day -day of a business mm -hmm. and freeing you up as the visionary. So hopefully that answers it. So that's part of Rocket but there's, Fuel. But on that side, there's a very specific job description in Rocket Fuel. There's eight very specific bullet points that is the job description. For an integrator. If you have a copy of Rocket Fuel around here somewhere, we can look yeah, it up. But yes. I can't rattle them off. Right, 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 right. But there are eight points that is the job description of the integrator. Okay. And so what else do we need to know about Rocket Fuel? Once we get the integrator. Yeah. Then how do we really start? I would suggest that's it. So every visionary out there, just please read that darn book. It will be your salvation. Okay. okay. So just read it. That's the how-to manual. It'll, it will enlighten you. It will help you decide if you're ready because uh -huh. many visionaries aren't ready. And then it will show you exactly how to find them. Gotcha. From there, you go to that, traction. then we go to traction and EOS. And, and, you know, traction and EOS, that's like the epicenter of everything. Uh -huh. Okay. That is my creation from 20 years ago. This is the system that we have 130,000 companies running on all over the world. It's growing like mad. We have 450 EOS implementers helping companies do that. Uh -huh. So you asked, you know, what are the six key components? And so uh, I'm going to lead into this again, always trying to answer as fast as I can and, and, and not lose your audience with <laughs> boredom. But um, what I realized at 29 uh -huh. is that I have a gift for helping entrepreneurs. That is why I'm on this earth. That uh -huh. is my purpose. That's what I do. And as I started working with entrepreneurs and then their leadership teams, I have this ability to see patterns and trends. Okay. And so what happened a couple years in is I had this aha that every business has six key components. Okay. Every single business. And to the degree those six key components are strong, oh, everything falls into place and that business is going to be great. Mm. So it's only six. This yes. you, you could, de I'll debate it to my death. It's been proven so many times. So, but the other point that's really important is it's about taking a holistic approach to making a company healthy. Okay. And so what we're doing at the end of the day is we're helping that leadership team of that 10 to 250 person company do three things, vision, traction, healthy vision from a standpoint of helping that leadership team get 100% on the same page with their vision and their plan, where they're going, how they're going to get there. 100% on the same page. Traction from a standpoint of helping them then execute, bring discipline, accountability, and make the vision a reality. And then healthy, this is that vulnerability piece, helping them become a healthy, functional, cohesive leadership team because most of them are dysfunctional. And then from there, as goes that leadership team, so goes the rest of the company. We get to a point where then everyone in the organization is crystal clear on the vision, gaining much better traction and much more healthy, functional, and cohesive. So that's the end game in, a fast, in the fast version. The, the deeper picture is, so here are the six key components. In the yes. form of a model, it's circular. Each one kind of looks like a, a pie, if you will. Mm -hmm. But component number one is vision. Yep. And so that just means we got to have a vision. It's got to be strong and everybody's got to share it. The next component is people, which means we got to have all the right people. Our people need to be great top to bottom. We call it right people, right seat. But the, the tool that we use is called the people analyzer. Very, very powerful. It shows you the most simple, powerful way to make sure all of your people have the core values and get it, want to have the capacity to do the job. The third key component is the data component. And that is boiling all the moving parts of the business down to data, KPIs, mm -hmm. metrics. We call it a scorecard in the EOS process. You call it dashboard, million terms for it. But nonetheless, it's boiling it down to data 
where that leadership team is running the business from five to 15 numbers every single week. Mm. Fourth key component is the issues component, and that is about building a muscle top to bottom in the organization where that company solves their issues quickly. And so we show them an amazing issue solving track that I created three steps, identify, discuss, solve, and mm. that's where that vulnerability cool. is yeah. built and created. And so you should see, it takes them about a year to really master it, but man, once they do, oh, they have their issues list of 15 things, they rip through that issues list because it's just free flowing, open and honest, nobody's got guards up, and you're just solving stuff. Wow. So when Quickly, that component yeah. is strong, yeah. And then the fifth key component is the process component, and that is understanding that your business is comprised of a handful of core processes. You're looking at your lens now through, a, looking at your business through a whole different lens now, realizing they're just a handful of core processes that make this business go round. Our marketing process, our sales process, our people process, our ops process, our mm. customer service process, our finance process, only a handful. And when you see that, then you look at it and you say, how strong are each one? Do we have them documented, uh -huh. So everybody's doing it the same way. That's how you create consistency, scalability for the organization. And then the fifth and final key component is the traction component. And that's where you bring it all down to the ground and execute and make that vision a reality and so that's where we teach you some very powerful, simple tools to help you execute better, bring accountability. We're getting you to prioritize quarterly mm. through what we call rocks. We're getting you to meet in a level 10 meeting that I created, 90 minute weekly level 10 meeting that is absolutely powerful. Um, and so those are the six key components. And to wow. the degree every company out there strengthens them, look out baby. And every time a company comes to us, almost always they're at about 50% strong in those. We get them to 80, 90% strong. Oh, and it is like, whew. it's like rocket fuel. It's it's like <laughs> rocket fuel. I mean, it's it's all the things. It's amazing growth. It's everything they want. It's literally printing They're money because it's very yeah. profitable. They're having a blast. Everybody's yeah. high-fiving. And then ultimately, and I'm not trying to take us there now, but ultimately then those people in that company are then living the EOS life, which is the, These five what, what bubbled to the surface. I'm not trying to take us there, but mm -hmm. I'm trying to take it to the end result. But those are the six key components. And again, the point I made a minute ago is it's taking a holistic approach to treating the company because what's happening is there are, I always jokingly say, but I wanna say it's scientifically true, there are only like 23 issues in the history of business, okay? It's like the same ones over and over again. And I always also like to say there's 136 things going on and so you have this all this stuff and it's very messy and so everybody's trying to solve all these symptomatic issues and so they're trying to fix all these things when we get them to refocus on just six key components and you strengthen those and the 136 things just fall into place. It's miraculous. Wow. And it's been happening for 20 years with 13,000 companies. Mm -hmm. So at this point, it's kind of hard to argue with it. And I say that I hope with the most possible humility, because I'm not trying to be braggadocious, I'm not trying to toot any horns, it works, it's real, yeah. it's proven, there's not one ounce of theory, and so that's what the are long some, answer to what traction is. What are some of the results that you see from people once they, you know, after a year, they kind of clean up their stuff, maybe mm. they're 50% of the way there, but then they get to a seven, eight, or a nine on all six of these distinctions. Yeah. What do you see the results? Are yeah. they doubling their growth financially? Yeah. Are they tripling? Is yeah. you know what does it look like? Yeah. So this now all of a sudden this is going to be a segue into EOS life because here's here's what the results are. Okay. And so let's pretend we get them to eighty percent strong. They're now 90 percent strong in each one of those key components. So it is things like faster growth, assuming mm. that's what they want, and most do. Not everyone does. 
substantial increase to profitability. Okay, so my clients grow on average 18% per year. Profitability is substantially higher. Wow. Um, oh, that's uh, great. Happier people. Yeah. Um, less tension in the organization. Um, so I could keep going, but where I'm taking you to is, so here I am, I created this, I'm five years in, I engaged a marketing company to find exactly that out because I wanted to put in a nutshell this amazing result that is EOS. And I fully expected to hear what I just said. I'm making more money than ever, I'm more profitable than ever, we're growing faster than ever. So seven out of seven clients, so this marketing firm reached out, met with seven of my clients. And surveyed them and asked them. Exactly. Yeah. And seven out of seven come back. So here I am looking for this tangible money growth yes, related thing. Yes. Seven out of seven come back and they said, I'm enjoying a better quality of life. Yeah. So You're not stressed all day trying to put out fires. A better quality of life. No, yeah. they are loving their work. It's yeah. the EOS life, yes. but, but before we go there, it's they're loving their work. They're making more money than ever. They've got, they've got a more balanced life. Uh -huh. And so here was my reaction though. So the marketing company, I'm sitting in their office, he says a better quality of life. And I'm like, I try not to say profanity, but this was profanity, but I was like, oh, how am I going to market that to the world? You know, <laughs> an entrepreneur who's in pain and frustrated, the last thing they want to hear about right now is quality of life. They want to solve their problem. They want to make more money. They want to get their company growing again. So anyway, long story short, that's what was said. And I literally shrugged it off because mm. I was so obsessed about business results for these people. And so I just went to the business results and that's what I marketed and promoted. And, and so then... When I found my partner, Don Tinney, it's, he was my integrator. I was the visionary. Those mm -hmm. were those two balls of energy coming together. And we grew the company like mad over 15 years. Wow. About, I wish I could, it might have been like seven years in, Don noticed it. Again, I shrugged it off. I kept shrugging it off over and over. But Don noticed it. And it's Don that gave it the name of those five points. He called it the EOS life. He called it doing what you love with people you love, making a difference, getting paid well, uh, having time for their passions. And I still shrugged it off. And then he mm -hmm. taught it to all of our implementers and they loved it. And he saw it. So I fought this. Because <laughs> we're like, it's just about making more money exactly, and growth and numbers. Man, exactly, because I'm so <laughs> business focused. Um, but all that said, I live that EOS life and right. have for 20 years. It's right. a pretty good life I've created for myself. And again, it's exactly what's in this book is just doing that. I just learned to do it 20 years ago. So long story short, what happened is um, we do an annual EOS conference every year. And it was the first one ever. And they wanted me to keynote it. And I had no idea what my message was going to be. And then something hit me, sitting here in LA of all things, at a Peter Diamandis uh -huh. Abundance 360 yeah, event. Yeah. At four in the morning, laying in that hotel bed at the Beverly, at the whatever it was. Beverly, Beverly Hotel. Uh, uh, no, the other one. But anyway, that yeah, doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. I can't think. 4 a.m., it came to me like a lightning bolt. I've got to teach the EOS life. And so I, that's the day I stopped fighting it. I taught it at our conference, and then I taught it the next three years, and I kept honing the message. And uh, that's when I finally caved and said, this is what the world needs. This is the end game. And so while we're talking all business, you're right. Anybody out there listening... If you're not an entrepreneur, you will still benefit by this. You yes. can still live your ideal life. You can still live this EOS life. And so that's when I caved, caved and I sold the business a couple years later. I was never going to write this book. I thought I was done writing EOS-related books. And then a pandemic hit. 
and a whole bunch of capacity and I wasn't on a plane every three weeks and I wasn't. Right. So it just hit me that I said, I got to write the EOS Life book and I wrote it and here we are. Yeah, because this is whether you're the entrepreneur or you're exactly. not an entrepreneur, you want to do things you love, do what you love with people you enjoy. You know, if you're part of a team, you want to be exactly. you're using your skill sets and your talents on a team around people you enjoy working with, yeah. whether you're the entrepreneur or not. You want to make a difference in the work you're, you're putting into. Exactly. You want to get compensated well. Yep. And you want to have time to do stuff on the side that you love. You know, exactly. friends, family, hobbies, activities, travel, adventure. You want to live your life. Yeah, and going to the part where I fight it. You know, so again, my obsession is entrepreneurs. You know, I make no bones about that. And and um, I always like to say I'm ill-equipped to teach anyone anything else on the planet. But man, when it comes to entrepreneurship. <laughs> and so again, this is part of that fighting where my goal was to always give the entrepreneur this EOS life and this, this ideal life. But what started happening is their leadership team members all started living the EOS life. Mm -hmm. And then the companies that were savvy enough uh, were helping their employees live uh -huh. the EOS life. And so now with 130,000 companies running on this system, we're starting to see company after company after company focusing on their employees, trying to give them the ideal life. So it's like, oh, and so now it's like, I would have never anticipated the reach. And so here we are, we're touching a whole heck of a lot more people than just that entrepreneur. And so that's, that's and if, the goal. If you're, Missing out on one of these. Yeah. Let's let's go back to actually traction first. Yeah. If you're missing out on one of these six, vision, people, right, right people, right seat, data, the numbers, the issues, handling the issues, processes, and then the attraction and the accountability stuff. If you're missing one of those, yeah. what happens to a business? Well, it's so if you look at it as a journey, we the typical relationship and engagement with a client lasts about two years between the implementer and the client. And what we're doing is we're helping that client implement EOS into their business, and then we're getting the heck out of their way. They graduate, they move on. That's why I take great pride in. We're not trying to find our way deeper into a business. I, 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 anyway, I won't go on a soapbox about sure. that. But we tend to be able to get them within two years to that 80% strong or better. So if you picture where they start at, a, at average of 50% strong in each one, the short answer is where they're weak in one, they're just mm. not as effective. And that's, uh. the, that's the squeaky wheel that we've got to strengthen. So somewhere between day one and the end of the second year when they're at 80% strong, they're just not as effective till they get 80, to 80%. Mm -hmm. And then the reality is, let's pretend they get to 80% strong in all six, you can easily go back to 70, 60% if you take your eye off that ball. And so yeah. you constantly have to manage keeping those strong. And so um, you're just, the short answer is you're just not as effective. So if the vision isn't as clear, then your people are gonna be just that much more unclear. It's gonna yes. be that much more confusing. So I always like to say when a, when a when let's pretend a 50 person company, everybody in that organization clearly knows the vision. And so what we do is we have that leadership team answer eight questions about their business. When they do, and they're all on the same page, they then have a clear vision to take to the company. And so when all 50 people see where we're going, how we're gonna get there, our core values, the soul of the company, when everyone sees that, you just literally eliminated 80% of their problems. Wow. Miscommunications, confusion. So just if they're at 50%, then you got that bumpiness. If they're up to 90% and they get close to 100 on the vision component, just think of the difference in how much faster they're moving now yes. because it's rooting out the confusion in the organization. Mm -hmm. Okay. Hopefully that makes sense. Yeah, of course. And then so if one of these things are missing in the EOS life, 
in a business mm-hmm. or with an individual, mm-hmm. what happens? You just feel off, you're not as effective yeah, as well. So, Something's so, missing in your life. You're right. like, ah, is this the right place for exactly. me? Exactly. So let's now, so if we're going to go to EOS Life, so now again, let's go back to doing what you love with people you love, making a huge difference, getting compensated well, and having time for other passions. It's the same thing. But what's so important here is, first of all, you deserve it. Um, know that first. Mm-hmm. You start by deciding and setting where you are at this moment. And literally, everyone watching, everyone listening right now, grab something to write on and with, and it's just simply saying, doing what you love, rate yourself right now on a scale of one to 10, when you think about everyone you interact with from a work standpoint, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and you mean and like you're at work or I, other, all other work friends? Related. Right now, I wanna keep it work-related yeah, yeah. because then the magic happens when you realize how to apply it to your life. But in terms of what you're doing all day, every day as a being, doing what you love, a 10 is that everything you're doing, everyone you're interacting with is the stuff that you love to do and you're great at, okay? And so that's a 10, and so I would urge you Rate yourself right now. Yeah. You're somewhere between a one and a 10, okay? And let's pretend you're a five, starting point. With people you love, same thing. Think about everyone you interact with in business, okay? And this is, this is employees, this is coworkers, this is vendors, this is customers, this is clients. Scale of one to 10, how much do you love interacting with all of them? And maybe you're a five there. Mm-hmm. Same story, making a huge difference. How much of a difference? So within your work, the 100% that yeah. you work, of the 100% you're working, how much of that is making a difference and an impact? Mm-hmm. Rate yourself. Then we go to compensation. Scale of one to 10, 100% is you're making exactly what you want. Mm-hmm. So where are you? If you're only making 80% of what you want, you're at an eight. If it's only 50, you're at a five. And then time for other passions says, now you've protected your work time. You mm-hmm. only work this much. Now you've allowed time to have balance, take time off, pursue passions. So of a scale of one to 10 of the time that you're taking off 100%, a 10 mm. is that you're taking as much time off as that, that you want and you're doing the passions that you want. Rate yourself. So let's pretend you did that and you're five, 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 five on all three. Boom, there you are today. Just start moving, moving the needle. Yeah. And we can go as deep as you want, but there's a very simple tool for each one of those. And when you have that clarity, it's just moving the needle. And if you move each one of those up one number every feel. year, you are five years away from living your ideal life and being in sheer heaven. For some people, it's going to take 20 years. For some people, they'll do it in a year. But that's the starting point. And so when you ask what happens if someone's weak in one, well, you know, so I'll use me as an example. Let's pretend hypothetically you score yourself 10, 10, 10, 10 on the first four. Uh-huh. But time for other passions, you score very low. Because okay? you're a your obsessive workaholic. Exactly. And that was me <laughs> at, all of these, remember the age, like 28, 29 years old. And so my wake-up call, because in my 20s, mm. as hard as I worked, I was also obsessive about learning. And yeah, so yeah. all of the great thought leaders, and I was armed with incredible mentors, um, I was this machine and man could I work, and man was I productive. And so I had the first four down really well, but I didn't have the fifth one down. And so what happened to me is I'm leaving for work one morning, I get in the car, my daughter comes out to the car, I open the door and I look down to her, she was four at the time, and I said, hey sweetie. And she looks up at me and she says, hey daddy, are you going home? And I was like, oh. So here I am, I'm leaving my home to go to work 
And she, she thought that was home for you. She, I was never around. I was never, she thought I lived somewhere else because I was never around. And so that was like, oh my God, I could feel the chills now. That was my wake up call. So to your point, when one of them's weak, that it's, you're not complete. You're not a complete person. And so now we can do that math on each one of them. But when I had that wake up call, everything changed from there. Wow. Um, So then I got, you know, the, 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 the fifth one up to a 10. Um, That's great. But we can go through each one when you say if one's weak, what does that look like? Uh-huh. And and it's you can play you just, that you, answer out. You take a self, it's a self-assessment. Exactly. Assess yourself, see exactly. where you're at. I love the simplified assessments. I do this with myself as yeah. well on, on a lot of areas of my life. Yeah. One to five, one to ten, whatever you want to call it, where are you at? And what's the next step to get you a little exactly. bit closer? You don't exactly. have to be at a 10 exactly. overnight. Exactly. You know, and, and we're not all going to be there overnight, but it's like, okay, what are the things you can do every day to help you get a little bit farther? And, um, and here's the other beauty. Just do that and rate yourself. The awareness alone, your, peace of your mind, subconscious yeah. will not leave you alone. Once you see, I want this life, I believe I deserve this life, and I'm at a 5 and I need to go yeah. to a 10. You'll have attention you towards not, it now. Yeah. You will not shake that thought ever. And you will naturally start moving yes, in that direction. Yes. And that's why I'm also saying it is this simple, everybody. And so I know you're out there reading 100 books and you're trying 100 different things to live your ideal life. It's these five things. Yes. And assess it and where you're at exactly. and where you want to be. Start moving start, the wo- start moving it. You mentioned earlier about... Um, your fears, I think it was in the first few minutes of the interview, you kind of, you briefly mentioned this. Uh, fear of failure, fear of success, fear, you know. You <laughs> fear had a big, of everything. <laughs> you, had a big, you had a big wall because yeah, yeah, you yeah, were, yeah, you know, yeah. insecure, jealous yeah. or whatever. Yeah. I call that the fear of judgment, you know, mm. fear of what other people think about me. Oh, man. Of those three fears, fear of failure, fear of success, fear of judgment, what was the, um, the biggest fear for you? So this is really interesting you're asking this because two months ago, I would have told you, fear of failure. So it was fear of failure up to 35. Uh-huh. It was fear of success really? from 35 to 40. Oh, I'm so terrified. Of succeeding. The thought of doing this podcast and putting myself out there was petrified. Why? I don't know. I literally felt like somebody was going to kill me. I literally, it was, it was it's going to come to judgment because we're getting to this uh, third yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Said, but terrified. I don't know what it was. I but but you were succeeding. I, exactly. So you were afraid of success. I, but yeah. So once I turned that corner and I was succeeding, it was I was terrified of success. Why are people? Why do you think you were terrified of it? And why are people afraid of succeeding? Well, the, right now. So let's go to the third one. Yes. So then, so what I learned. This came to me so clearly in the last two to six months. Mm. Judgment that that I became hyper aware of how judged I felt by everyone. Oh, by everyone and everything? It was like the most disgusting, gross feeling. But fear of success, fear of failure, it's all judgment. It's mm. all judgment. So here I am, mm-hmm. oh, this being for 40, 54 years of feeling judged. And I just, you know, I meditate a lot and that really helps you process and connect with whatever it is that you connect with. And man, it is, it was, it's been a light bulb moment. Really? I when did don't this give? <laughs> but, how, but it took you 50 years. Exactly. And, to and, get and, and by the way, definitely progress over uh-huh. 54 years. It's not like it was a complete light bulb moment. I, I, I saw little bits of it, but it came really clear in the last few months. 
So do you feel like the fear of failure and success was based on the judgment, fear of judgment? If I look at it, for mm-hmm. sure. Because think about it. I feared failure because people would, you know, laugh at me. If I failed, oh, how embarrassing. It, 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 I wasn't worried about me failing. I was worried about people's perception of me mm-hmm. failing. Me succeeding. That wasn't worrying about me succeeding. It was worried about what other people were going to say and do. It, it was all about them, 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 them. It's all judgment. It was all judgment. This is, at least, this is my journey. I'm not trying to right. teach anybody anything right now. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you my personal story. Wow. And, I, and, and again. Like so how would you flip the switch then? From I, saying- I wish I could tell you. <laughs> but I, but I, but I stayed with it, and I wow. sat in it, and I. So, like, what I've learned as well is, whenever you have pain, um, and I saw your book, Letting Go, on the yes. shelf there. This that book teaches you how to do this, and and um, Untethered Soul, we briefly mm. talked about that. That teaches you, but when you have pain, and so again, some of us are sitting with that seven-year-old pain. Mm-hmm. When you hit that, you have to sit in it, and sometimes mm-hmm. you sit in it for a minute. And you cry your eyes out. It hurts like hell. And you want to keep stuffing it down. But at some point, you got to stop. And sometimes you have to sit with it for months. And this one I sat with for months. So I just was just very aware. And I just... What was the pain for you? Um, I wouldn't describe it as pain. I was disgusted with myself. I was disgusted with myself. I was so... How could I let... How could I worry so much about people's judgment? So that's all pain. The root of all that is pain. So I can't describe it as pain to you now, but it's just sitting in that disgusted feeling like, ah. Oh. This is like every day you would think about, like, what does this person think about me? What is this? I'm putting this so book out. What are people's reviews going to be? Or So I would say, no, it wasn't that specific. It was just being really hyper aware. Mm. Because then somebody shared something with me that was really cool, and they said, so all day, every day, think about every decision you make and everything you do, and are you doing it out of fear or are you doing it out of love? Uh-huh. And every decision was out of fear. Really? Fearing some ramification. Not everyone. I'm not well, being a little too them. extreme. But most of them. But a lot of, I the mean, a lot of them. Out of, yeah. yeah, so that's, it's all in there. It's, it's interesting. So it's really, really powerful. And again, I'm not saying, I'm a work in progress, man. And I'm going to be working on this when I'm 100 as well. Yeah. But uh, that, that was a good aha, and that was, you talk about being 10,000, I shed a lot with that awareness. Uh, I'm, I'm floating a little more today with that awareness. <laughs> you, you, know? you, you gained, uh, yeah, you're 10 years younger now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I think this is, a, this is something I've been thinking about for a while, that the, the fe- you know, you mentioned it already, you gave the answer, the fear of failure, the fear of success, the fear of judgment, the core of that that I've realized and learned from all the people I've interviewed in my personal experience mm-hmm. Is that at the core of that is I don't I don't feel I'm enough. Yeah. Everyone doesn't feel that they're enough. Yeah. And so when we go back to knowing that oh, you deserve it, it, baby. Yeah. Which is what you've been saying, For sure. you deserve it, then people and, and this is something that I believe also, people are gonna judge you if you're on the couch making no money, and people are gonna judge you if you're exactly. at the top of the mountain, they're gonna exactly. judge you every stage of the way. But what also is, here's what else is worth. Most of them aren't even thinking about you. You know, you're sitting there worried yeah. about their half of them aren't even thinking about you, but yes. The rest are judging you. You can't, I mean, you, anyway, I, I cut exactly. you no, you're I right. shut my mouth. I couldn't. No, you're myself. good. I mean, I think people are going to judge you no matter what you exactly. do. So you might as well do what you love with the people you love. Exactly. Make a difference exactly. doing the things that you're good at. Exactly. Get compensated in the process yeah. and have time to enjoy your life on the side. If everyone knew this is part of the mission that I'm on is yeah. giving people oh, the tools 
to learn how we to We got heal. here just in time, you exactly. and I. We got here just in time. It's to learn how to heal. Whatever that thing is inside, exactly. learn how to heal. I think that's the most important work exactly. that we can, as humans, learn to do. Learn how to heal whatever frustration from career, business, relationships, parents, family, whatever it is. Yep. Something in the news we saw that triggered us. Like, figure out where does that trigger come from? Learn how to heal that thing because mm-hmm. it'll shed that weight. It'll give us confidence and courage. Yeah to go after what we want, yeah. to ask the hard questions. Yeah, and this is gonna piss a bunch of people off, but I wanna say it because um, you're so right on. So you're, in, in my humble opinion, I happen to agree with you 100%, and, and it is simple to heal that. Now I just pissed off like all the psychologists. <laughs> uh, half your audience is mad at me now. But, but it is simple is what I'm learning. And, 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 but here's how I'll try and make it simple because it's definitely hard work. Yes. But it's starting by saying, I've got pain, I'm screwed up, mm-hmm. and I don't want that pain anymore. And I don't want, mm-hmm. and so I wanna, I wanna acknowledge, identify, discover all of my pain, where it came from, mm-hmm. and I want it gone. And yes. there's a thousand different ways to do that. I, so I don't think yes. there's this one way there's to do it. a lot of modalities. It, but just start by saying, I'm screwed up, I've got pain, I want it gone. The second you decide that, the answers come because that's what started to happen for me 20 years ago. And Mm. these people would come into my life that would take me deep, help me with things. So you gotta start by just saying, I want it gone. so, and be willing to try stuff. Okay. You got to be willing. And you got to be willing to cry. There's, there's not any, each time you get rid of one, oh, there's going to be tears, man. So get Dude, comfortable crying. I think, uh, I think I cried a lot from like zero to seven or eight years old. Yeah. And I would cry, you know, I remember screaming for my mom at the top of my lungs probably once every two weeks mm. at like 1 a.m. Because mm. I was just terrified. Yeah. And she would come and sleep next to me, probably till I was seven, eight years old, mm. right? Like, once every couple of weeks at least. Then, you know, as you get older and you show a little emotion in, in grade school and mm. kids start making fun of you, oh, yeah. you learn to toughen up, right? Or this was my experience. Yeah. I don't know if this was like oh, you. Oh, I, I, I'm relating, you, you brother. Learned, I'm learned, relating. Especially in the Midwest. I didn't grow up in like, you know, I'm a hippie related. commune where everyone yeah. loved each other. You learn to toughen up and live up to the standards of society and how it was portrayed. And then I held on to this wall for, I don't know, 20 two years probably, yeah. right? And it, and it built me into a athletic machine, a business machine, oh, yes. a competitive machine. Oh, yes. But it left me feeling so unfulfilled, hurt, lonely, sad, jealous, insecure, afraid for 20 years. Yeah. And I think I was making decisions based on fear yeah. for a lot of that time. And it wasn't until so many things were breaking down in my life. And mm-hmm. I was just like, I'm making money and this is this looks good on the outside, but why is everything seems like it's mm. suffering? And that's when I started the, the healing journey, which is a journey because it's not like it happens overnight. It's yeah. been a you know eight, nine year journey now. Yeah. And if there's a million people listening, half a million just agreed with you and know that. And and so just to play along with you, my crying years were eleven to fifteen. Uh-huh. I was such a sad kid. It was so painful in those years. And then I became a workaholic at all of my twenties. So that's how I hid from all that. Yes, yeah, yeah. exactly right. So it's it's identical, mm-hmm. but but now a million people maybe can relate. It's just, it's the process. Yeah. Um, and I've, anyways, yeah, and I've cried more in the last eight, nine years. Yeah. I feel like I've gone back to like my childhood of like, early all up, I'm just man. allowing myself when I feel it, like let it go. And, here, and here. it's incredible, the lightness, you know, the lightness of it. Oh, no and question. I think you have to get to, or I had to get to a place of like, it doesn't matter what people think of me when I'm vulnerable, yeah. the judgment. 
because I was so afraid of people making fun of me if I cried or if I just expressed a vulnerability. Mm -hmm. You don't have to cry to do that. And once I did it once, I feel like it took 20 years of courage to build up to do it that one time. Mm. And then it became easier every time to just speak what I need to speak, to express Mm. myself vulnerably. And it feels incredible. Yeah. Doesn't mean there's no problems or challenges, but it feels incredible to be on the other side of that journey. But it all goes back to knowing you deserve it, knowing you're enough. Here, here. Whether you're in business and a relationship and health, it doesn't matter. That's why I started there, because if you can't get past that hurdle, don't you, you, every, everything we're talking about mm-hmm. is meaningless, and you're mm-hmm. just the subconscious is not going to allow you to have it. Yes. So you got to get past it, and you got to believe you deserve it. And even you know we're talking about letting go. So uh, it's David Hawkins, right? Is the author? I I think, remember, but I think yeah. it's David Hawkins. So he has this great quote. I'll, I'll mess it up, but he says, you know, your subconscious will only allow you to have what you feel you deserve. And so this is what we're talking about here. Ooh. If you don't feel you deserve it, you can read a thousand books. You're not, you're not going to start to move the needle. And here's what I realized. This was the secret for me. There are, um, I remember, here's an example. There was a kid in my high school. I was a, I was a freshman, or I was in eighth grade, and he was like a senior uh, at, the, at the school. He was the most talented freak of nature athlete I've ever seen, mm-hmm. ever in my life. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he was more talented than the guys in the NFL right now. He was a freak, like a sculpted muscular genetic freak mm. he had like a 44 inch vertical he ran like a, a 4 3 40 yard dash wow. he was unbelievable what did you say eighth grade did i hear you say that he was a, he was a senior he was a senior okay in high school okay, i was in eighth Jesus. grade so he yeah, was like okay. four or five yep, years older than me and i would just watch this guy and i was playing basketball with him and like all the the upperclassmen because i was taller and they used me for that and i was like this guy is a freak of nature and everyone was like you're the man Everyone, but he didn't believe it. Mm. Everyone believed in him. Everyone would give him the ball, but then he would buckle under the oh, pressure. Just ate my heart aches. He yeah. like didn't even go on to college to do anything. And I was like, give me some of that talent. Mm. Like I'll use it. Mm. And it doesn't matter if the world believes in you. If you don't believe in yourself and don't believe that you're deserving and don't believe you're enough, it doesn't matter all the skills and talents, you're gonna fumble the ball mm. at some point. The other flip side of that, it doesn't matter if the world doesn't believe in you. If you believe you're enough, exactly right. if you believe you're deserving, you can take on any challenge you want in a beautiful way. Yeah. And that's that's the lesson that I had to learn. And I, and I saw that many times with great athletes who never made it because yeah. they didn't believe they were deserving. Exactly. It's crazy. Oof, crazy, crazy. I'm curious about um, the entrepreneur who has a big vision, a big dream. They want to go serve the world in a massive way with whatever mm-hmm. their skill or their tool is. How important is it to have an amazing partner, you know, a husband, wife on your side, whether you're the, the female entrepreneur or same-sex marriage, whatever it is, how important is it to have a marriage component, mm-hmm. a, a, a healthy marriage partner with you as the visionary? Yeah. And what have you seen from the thousands of entrepreneurs you've worked with on what they've shared on divorces they've gone through, mm-hmm. partners that were amazing for them, partners that sucked the energy out of them. You've been married for almost 40 years. or been married for 30. We've been together for 37 years. So almost four decades. What have you learned from your relationship journey? You don't have to share everything, but what sure. have you learned from mm-hmm. what it's like having a partner by your side, what that's the importance, what you need from them if you're the crazy visionary? Mm-hmm. Um, 
and what to look out for in a relationship. Because yeah. I, I truly believe the quality of your life will be highly dictated by the no partner question. that you're choosing to no be with. No question, no question. You've got a lot more wisdom and experience on this than I do. And uh, you've done pretty well in your business. So I'm assuming things have had to go well for you to be married for this long to a certain degree. Can you shed any light on this? Sure, in yeah, for sure. Um, you know, and I don't hold myself out to be some marriage expert. And the last thing I'll ever do is say my marriage is perfect because that's the kiss of death. So it's always right. a work in progress. But you, you, when you ask that question, you know, I'm calling on a thousand experiences. So I'm going to say a few different things if you'll just let me yes, riff for, for a it. minute. Go for it. So first, you know, the answer to your question is it is vital. You have to have support at home. So if you are a visionary, crazy entrepreneur, you've got to have support. So if you have someone at home, a significant other that um, does not support you, is constantly upset because you're working too hard, is constantly upset because you're not home, is, you know, whatever it is, um, you got to have that support. But that support is also you know, a, an agreement you have to have, uh -huh. you know? So again, my intensity in the way that I work, I work 55 hours a week, 40 weeks a year. I still take time off. I take the month of August off every year I have for 20 years. Wow. So, so, you know, I am relatively balanced, but there's no question the 40 weeks that I'm working, a lot of times <laughs> I'm not entirely there because I, there's so many things I'm thinking about and my creativity is through the roof. And, and so, Kathy, my wife, has been incredibly supportive. I am so blessed how she supports me. And, and she had an entrepreneurial father, so that helps. So uh -huh. the short answer is it's incredibly helpful. And then it, when I talk about these thousand things, a really funny story is um, uh, one of the EOS implementers tells a story about how they were in a session. And these sessions that we do with clients, they're really intense, you know, because we're helping them build great companies and we got to clear all the crap. And so it's a husband and wife, and they literally decided to get divorced in the session Come literally on. in the session in front of everybody and then and then she <laughs> leaves and then it was funny because it was she, i think she was the integrator she left visionary still there and then the visionary looks at the implementer and says hey can you give me a ride home because we drove here together oh my god so so the point is it, it is <laughs> it is vital and you just it pains me to say this but you have to really look at your support system because mm. when we talk about the eos life and and doing it with people you love what what i push you to do out there is not only think about once you get the business part down and you're surrounded by people you love in your business and your customers and clients and your vendors i urge you to expand your circle to your friends and family and mm. make sure that everybody, everyone that when you are with everyone in your life your energy fills up as opposed to drains and if you have someone at home that is draining your energy. Listen, we are not all meant to be together forever, okay? Right. I, I don't subscribe to that belief. Now I just pissed off 20% of your right. audience. But if, if you don't have the support system, you just have to make a decision. And so this is why some people don't mm -hmm. take the entrepreneurial leap is because they don't have the support. Ah. Um, and sometimes their significant other is correct. So they probably saved your life. But, but you have to look at that and you have to make a decision and you have to have an agreement. In my humble opinion, I... I am just blessed because I don't know what would have happened if Kathy wasn't supportive because I, I, I don't know how to not be this passion. I don't know how to not put this dent in the universe. I don't know how to not do this work. And so it might have ended badly for us, but who knows? You know, it's like I was going to go in the military out of high school because I was such a derelict wow. and lost yeah, and yeah. scared. And, and she talked me out of going the wow. day before swearing in. Come on. So, but but wow. I knew she was the one. And I just, I knew she was the one. And, I'm, I, and to this day, I know I made the right decision there. And so the point is, you know, I got lucky. 
what are three questions uh, or conversations they should have knowing they're about to go on a 10, 20, 30 year run yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. visionary uh, insanity I, work I, ethic. I feel nothing but heaviness, aches and pains right now. And here's why. I am ill-equipped to what, talk about relationships. But the people that you've worked with. I know. I feel like, you know what, if I, they I, just asked these three things yeah. and got clear on it before. Yeah, but, but let me talk this them. out because <laughs> I am not great with relationships. It uh, takes work. It's constant work. I'm so intense. I'm so many, I'm a control. I'm so many things, these poor people in my life. But somehow <laughs> they love me and somehow they support me and I love them so much. I, that's, relationships are not my expertise. But knock on wood. My kids love me. Yeah. My wife loves me. Most of my family loves me. Most of my friends love me. Yeah. I, but I, I, I can't answer that. I mean, gotcha. literally, my body is like, oh, I feel heavy. So when my gut tells me <laughs> don't answer that, I'm trusting my gut because I just, I ain't that good, man. But man, I hear you. You need help running your business. You're, there, your you're guy. the guy. But, I like that. But like help that. with your marriage. Whew, I can't do it. It's not my thing. Would there be a conversation you'd have before that in the marriage, though? Uh, knowing everything we talked about, so if I'm in the audience listening right uh -huh. now, hearing this guy ramble, um, if I'm in their shoes and I just met somebody who I think I love, yes. I'd have this conversation tonight that, hey, I just had an aha. Uh -huh. I'm a crazy freaking visionary entrepreneur and I'm going to be obsessed for the next 40 years and I can't turn it off. And so before we go further, I just mm -hmm. need you to know what you are about to join forces with because I don't want to let you down and I don't so that that's what I would do if that I'm hearing good. this sitting in the audience I didn't have the luxury of having that conversation with yeah. Kathy we're having those conversations now <laughs> um, but uh, but I got lucky you know I got lucky that's beautiful man and somehow she puts up with me man god I don't know how she does it but she does and well, I love her to death that's great man um, what else do people... Oh, okay, so there's also three things I think you mentioned yeah. in attraction, yeah. the accountability chart, mm -hmm. and then the people in the right seat, the right people, right? Is that what yeah. it is? So now let me get back to being comfortable now because I'm yeah. shedding uh, this relationship <laughs> thing. Um, uh, you said when you're... Well, there's five foundational tools mm -hmm. in EOS, and I, I'm just thinking about your audience, five, six, three, yeah, four, yeah. Oh, you poor people out there. Um, so you, in, in EOS, yeah. there are 20 tools we ultimately teach you that you embed in your organization to build mm -hmm. a great company. Yes. But there are five of them that we call the foundational tools. And if you just implement these five, it's 80% of the battle. Okay. Okay. So the yep. first one is the vision traction organizer. The second one is the accountability chart. Third is rocks. Mm -hmm. uh, fourth is the level 10 meeting. And fifth is scorecard. Um, and so very quickly, number yep. one, the vision traction organizer, that's that tool that we get you and your leadership team to answer eight questions about your business. When you all answer it 100%, you've got a vision and plan. Mm. Accountability chart is the tool we get you to take a big step back now that you know where you're going. What is the right and best structure to get you there? And so we literally help you create the structure for your organization. If you want to go from 10 to 50 million, we help you create the right structure so that you can then get to work on getting all the right people in the right seats. Again, these great people you want to be surrounded by. Yes. Number three is rocks. That's quarterly prioritizing. And so I had a discovery when I took over and turned around the family business 
And it was that human beings have a 90-day attention span. I call it the fray. And so I would meet with my leadership team. We'd have these great meetings. And then I'd find out 90 days later or realize we don't even know each other anymore. We're so off the same page. And so we started meeting every 90 days. And I realized there's this 90-day pulse that's just so powerful. And so what, that, what we get every client to do is come together every 90 days and set new priorities for the next 90 days. Three to seven. We call them rocks. Mm, that's cool. That's the Stephen Covey analogy with the time management, rock, sand, pebble, water. I learned it from Vern Harnish. Uh-huh. He learned it from Stephen Covey. And Stephen Covey, if you work it all the way back, it comes from biblical times, but it's a sure. very powerful time management wow. uh, teaching. Level 10 meeting is a 90-minute weekly meeting that um, I created that is a very powerful meeting. It's getting that leadership team to come together every week and solve all their problems, get on the same page, know where they are. And then number five, is the scorecard. That's that five to 15 activity-based numbers the leadership team's looking at every week to make sure everything's on track. And so if you just implement those in the organization top to bottom, it's 80% of the battle in the OS. Very, very powerful stuff. That's very, very simple stuff. Simple, powerful stuff. It's all simple, man. This That's the thing. That's the number one piece of feedback we get. Man, this is so simple. Once you get, get in place, and that's everything I do. Simple, practical. It does not have to be complex, everybody. If someone's watching or listening, and they're like, man, do you just is this all in the book, or do you have like charts that people can print off and it's, they can it's, just it's, have so all these five it's things? It's all in traction, and everything is downloadable and free from the website. So we want you to self-implement really? this. You don't need to pay us a bunch of money for this. Go to eosworldwide.com, read the book, download the tools. It's all there. We have 130,000 companies self-implementing it all over the world. Now, like I said, 13,000 have engaged us as EOS implementers that take them through the process. So yeah. you decide if you need the help. Yeah. But you do it yourself or you can have the exactly accountability from right. somebody on the team. So exactly eosworldwide.com, they have all the downloads. Yeah. For free. You got it. That's pretty amazing. Oh, so yeah. people can print them out, they can oh, save yeah. them, they can start implementing them and move Abundance them. mindset, we give it away. It's smart, And if man. you need help, call us. And yeah. fortunately, some do, which <laughs> which helps. But uh, no, for you can go buy a $20 book and download everything for free and you're running on the And then the you OS. just run it. You got That's it. amazing, man. Where do people find the most challenge on these five tools? What's the hardest thing? Mm. Well, so the way I describe it is when we start the process with a client, the very first session, which is a full day session, the first three hours of that session, we are creating your accountability chart. So literally within 30 minutes of knowing you, we are creating your accountability chart because I always describe it as the accountability chart is the root of all evil for every company, okay? yeah. Most of the problems lie in the wrong structure and the wrong people in the wrong seats. And so Mm -hmm. what we do, is first get you to all agree as a leadership team, this is the right structure to get us to the next level. And in that three hour conversation, we aren't even talking about people yet. We're just trying to get you to get your structure, structure right. Meaning what? Like, okay, we don't have a sales per. Meaning or- who's the visionary, who's the oh. integrator, not who, I shouldn't say who yet. Visionary integrator function. Do we have a marketing function? Do we have a sales function? Uh-huh. Do we? So it starts with a basic belief that there are three major functions in every business sales and marketing, operations, finance. From there, your organization is going to have three to seven major functions because sometimes you have IT mm-hmm. and HR, mm-hmm. customer service, account management, marketing. Nonetheless, it's agreeing on those major functions. And then what is the structure below those functions? When that is clear, then we go to work on putting all the people in the right seats. And sadly, if you're a 50-person organization, we do that work, not all 50 are going to have a home after that exercise. So you made some mistakes growing and building your business, and we're going to clean all that up. And so 
as important the 50 in the organization, that leadership team is going to get cleaned up. So 80% of the time, there's going to be a change on that leadership team. It's one of the reasons the company's stuck. They're keeping people around that are just not getting them to the next level. And that we address in that three hours. Oh, and so man. everybody gets a real-time performance review, get it one at capacity, very, very powerful. And you pretty much know who's going and who's staying at the end of that. What happens when, a, when an entrepreneur keeps on 5, 10, 20 people that aren't in the right role? Or the, aren't the right people, don't have the right tools, yeah. and they're not in the right role? Yeah. What happens if they just continue to keep them on, like hoping they figure it out, you know, trying to push them in certain directions and giving them opportunities? But Yeah, well, it's a couple of different things because, again, they're just not going to get to where they want to go, or at least they're not going to get there as fast as they want to go. Uh, they're not going to live their fully live their EOS life because they're not working with a bunch of people they love. Uh, they're not doing what they love because they're dealing with this poisonous energy in the organization. And again, let's assume these five people don't belong in this organization. They are deteriorating your culture. They're chipping away at what you're trying to create. They're holding your back. Again, it's those anvils that you're dragging. And so you got to make those people changes. But if you won't, then you are forever going to be experiencing some level of frustration and some level of resistance to you getting to where you want to go. Wow. Yeah. Why do so many people, including myself, not make those decisions faster because you're wimps <laughs> so it's most of it is just fear i mean they're people these are human beings yeah, you love yeah. them i mean come on we we have compassion we have empathy but you have to make a choice and so we always say for the greater good of the company what's the right decision you know again love or fear and it's always fear in that case Interesting. so we're human beings and it's not easy to fire somebody but you you have to make a fundamental decision if you're a 10 million dollar company you want to go to 50. yeah i mean you got to make tough decisions this is why you got to decide do you really want that thing and most don't so nothing wrong with staying a 10 million dollar company <laughs> right but if you want to go to 50. what is the difference between, what's the difference between 10 million dollar and a hundred million dollar company well here's what i always say Whenever I have a client that says they want to build a $100 million company, I always say, do you really want to build a $100 million company? Mm -hmm. So the, the example I give is it's a heck of a lot easier to have a $10 million company that throws off a 20% profit mm -hmm. than a $100 million company that throws off a 2% profit. Mm -hmm. Same profit, same bottom line, same money going in your pocket. 10 times the people, 10 times the complexity, 10 times the everything. So it's just not all it's cracked up to be, but it's okay if that's what you want. I've got lots of clients that go to 100 right. million. You just have to know that that's what you want and you want that complexity. And I hope you're generating a 20% profit at 100 million, but keep it in this proper perspective because what is the motive? Why are you really wanting to go to 100 million? And when we dig into why and we facilitate that leadership team having that conversation, in almost every case they say, whoa, whoa, whoa we don't want 100 million. <laughs> We're why, good with 30. Why do most people want to make 100? The people that say, I want to. Because everybody's saying 100. Now it's a billion, by the way. Everybody right. wants to be a billion-dollar tech unicorn, okay? Because right. that's what the media is telling us. It's, come on, not everybody's cut out for that. Most aren't. Because that's what they're hearing. That's what the organization, mm -hmm. they everybody's talking about 100 million. So they just, they hear it, and they think, wow, 100 million, that's got a nice ring to it. They just have no <laughs> comprehension of what... Of, of the hell they're about to put themselves through if they don't really want it. Did but, some, but for the ones that yes. want it, they make those really tough decisions and it's masterful and it's beautiful mm. and it's impressive. For the ones who say, I want 100 million, here's exactly why. And you heard them say like an amazing answer. Not just because, well, the media is saying everyone's selling for 100 million or whatever. What, what is that answer? Well, the that visionaries heard? rambling about why they want 100 million dollars and the rest of the team is going, 
it's making no sense to nobody, <laughs> including so the no visionary. One. Once they keep talking about it, they're going, maybe I don't want this. But, but one last point that came to me. So let's pretend they say they want to go to 100 million. And you have a $10 million marketing person. Mm. You got to fire the marketing person right. like tomorrow yeah. and go find a hundred million dollar marketing person. Mm. You don't have the luxury of training that person up to be a hundred. In most cases, you That's don't. That's interesting. So, so you got to build a hundred million dollar leadership team. Half your team's going. Stop. And the and the leadership team you started with is never the one you end up with. And so that's the bitter pill. You got to be tough enough to understand that. And your team needs to understand that. But your team needs to understand if you're all $100 million people, you're going to be here forever. But right. the day you can't keep up, listen, we'll move you down to another seat. We'll move you to another company. But you got to go because we need $100 million people here. Right. Are you tough enough to do that stuff? And most aren't. That's interesting. That's really simple. But it's, it's really hard. It's interesting. I've, I've never really focused on the money. I've more focused on the impact. Mm -hmm. and, and I've, as I go along Appreciate with it, that. as I go along with it, I'm like, listen, I want to make money. It's not that I don't want to make money. Yeah. I'm not a charity here. I'm a business and I want to grow and I want to yeah. continue to impact more lives. And I know that our mission is to serve 100 million people weekly to help them improve the quality of their life. Mm -hmm. And I know that in order to do that, we need more people. Mm -hmm. In order to do that, we need more revenue. Mm -hmm. It's like all those things come together. Mm -hmm. But I'm clear on the mission. If it reaches $100 million in revenue a year, awesome. If that's what it's going to take for us to reach the mission. Yeah. But I'm focused on the impact first. I don't know if that's the right philosophy. Well, but watch this, though. So, let's, so now, and th th this will give you a flavor for a session with an EOS implementer. Because if, so if I'm sitting there with a visionary and the visionary says, I'm not concerned about the revenue. I'm concerned about the impact. And, I, and let's pretend they're a $10 million company. And he's saying or she's saying they want to go to $100 million. I'm going to say, okay, if that's true, I can show you where you can impact a hundred times more people and only be a $20 million company. Uh -huh. So are you bullshitting me and you, or is it real? Because let's look at EOS worldwide, 130,000 companies running on EOS by downloading free tools, buying a $20 book. Mm -hmm. That ain't a lot of money. I make two bucks a book. Right, right. So. That's impact. Mm -hmm. So that I would challenge that entrepreneur and say, if that's really true, then let's talk about how you make more impact. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't necessarily have to mean $100 million. So what right, is right, really right. true for you? Yeah. Now, I'm a capitalist, okay? Mm -hmm. Make, making money is good. We mm -hmm. all need to make lots of money because we do great things with it. So I'm digging into, you know, how much do you want to make? What's mm -hmm. important to you? What is really like what's impact? What's your really number? What's, like, yeah, what's the real motivation? Uh -huh. uh, did that make sense? It makes sense, I, okay. yeah. It makes yeah. sense. Because yeah. you can make a lot of impact, and it doesn't have to go to 100 million to do that. Right, and it could also go to 100 million. Exactly, but if also I would also suggest because every entity I have generates a 50% profit margin. I'm obsessed about that. You'd and rather so, have a higher profit margin and make so. So what I would show is let's like 10 go million. Like, let me just, show you a 20 million dollar company that makes 10 times the impact, not 100, but generates yeah. more profit right. than what you're thinking at 100 million. I just That's cool. just challenge you to think a little operate bit different. Operate it better. Yeah, yeah, operate it better. I have friends that are like, I want to build a billion dollar business. I don't have the desire. Yeah. Like if, but ask them why. There's, there's only one reason it's why. It's usually ego, right? It's, uh, like, it's or, or that's because that person, that's what uh, the media says, that's the magazine I read. We all want to be an Elon Musk. You know, it's, so you, so I don't you, have the desire. That's not uh, my drive. Me neither. If based on, you know, my decades of impact in the world, somehow that comes to me, mm -hmm. I'm not going to say, no, I don't want it. I'll take exactly. it. And I'll do with it, hopefully, a lot of great things. And, and by the way, there are people that should build billion-dollar companies. Don't get me wrong. It's just not all of them. And it's, yeah. it's and not, only like, it's not the only path for an entrepreneur to build a billion-dollar company. That mm -hmm. is nothing but a burden to me. You yeah. know? So 
Um, but some will, and some should, and some can, and most shouldn't. Here's something interesting to talk about. What? Why are most people not ready to make a lot of money? Mm. Well, we can go back to the you deserve it thing. They don't feel they deserve it. Um, I don't think I can answer this one well because making a lot of money for some reason became taboo in the last 10 years. And mm. so I am a subscriber to Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill. He's my original yeah, thought leader that, that opened book. my eyes. Love that book. And, um, you know, so in the early 1900s, everybody wanted to be a millionaire and it was respected to be a millionaire and it was respected to be successful and make money. And it's culturally, it's like, you can see people filtering themselves. They, they kind of say they want to make money. They want to make a lot of money, but they can't overtly say it for some reason. And they always back it up with, well, but I'm going to. In other words, they, they candy coat it for some reason. It's okay to make a lot of money. It's okay. So um, it's just hard to make a lot of money. Yeah. So in your question, it's either you're saying, you know, why can't they? First of all, it's a question of, do they really want to and will they overtly embrace the fact that they do? Please read Think and Grow Rich out there. Or number two, some just can't. I mean, the, 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 we have people that make $25 an hour for a reason, and that's a good thing. And that's what makes the economy work. And that's so, so some people just aren't money makers, mm -hmm. and that's okay. Right. It's okay. You can't make seven point five. Billion people on the planet, six-figure-plus earners. It's, you can't. You yeah. just can't. My humble opinion. Mm -hmm. So some people maybe just based are on not the season, capable. Maybe based on the season of your life and maybe over time you could get there if you maybe. wanted enough or if that's the role you want to play. And not everyone wants to be working. They want to be in support roles and things like that. Right. But here's the thing. So, so that's just my strong opinion. That mm -hmm. pissed off 15% of your audience. <laughs> But the people listening to this podcast, watch, these are all the driven people yes. that want to earn six figures. So we're talking to all the right people. So everything we're saying is landing because they want mm -hmm. this. But we have to be really careful to think we can get 7.5 billion people. Right. We can teach them how to make six figures because not everyone is equipped to do that. It's, it's not, not everyone needs to make a bunch of money. You mm -hmm. know, it's, we all have different roles. Why is it hard for a lot of people to make more money, do you think? Why is it a challenge? Is it just because they weren't built for it? Is it because they're not ready for it? They don't have the mindset. They don't have the skills, the the resources, the mm. the people in their life, the you know the I network. So yes, yeah, so I just want to say yes <laughs> to all of that because I think it's so many things. I this is where we're getting into. I'm I'm not equipped to answer mm. that question, mm. and I fear I'll throw some biases in there. But I I. I'd have to give that one some thought. Here's, here's a, okay, here's a different question for you. For those entrepreneurs that you guys work with that all of a sudden start to make more, they implement this system, they start bringing in more revenue than they've probably ever made in their life, mm -hmm. right? And then paying themselves more than they've probably ever paid in them, mm -hmm. their lives. What do they need to prepare for if mm -hmm. they start doubling their mm -hmm. income, tripling their income, giving them a big bonus check at the end of the year? Yes. How can they prepare themselves yeah. for the abundance yeah, of good. wealth coming that's in? That's a good one. Where they don't yeah. uh, self-sabotage, right. mess it up, then deal with all the people in their life saying, gimme, 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 yeah. and hurting all their relationships, which I've heard that happens a lot. Yeah, yeah. So this one I feel a little bit equipped to answer. So I, you, you're prompting two or three points here. So the first is, you know, I have been broke three times in my life. Yes. Okay, so... 21, 25, and 31. Um, I wanted to be a millionaire by the time I was 30. 
I achieved that goal by 31, so I missed it by a year. But what I left out of the goal, I want to be a millionaire by 30, I forgot to say, and keep the money. I lost <laughs> everything by 32. So wow. I went from being a millionaire to $200,000 in debt. So I'm, I, I know this pain all too well. And, and so that's point one. Point two is, you know, for our EOS implementers, we have over 450, as I talked about. These people earn a lot of money. It's a good gig that we do. We are transforming companies, making a lot of money. And so what I do for them is the ones that reach a certain level and beyond is I do a special full day session for them called a Freedom Forum. And my sole purpose is to get them to not piss it all away, okay? Freedom Forum. It's called the Freedom Forum. But this is strictly for EOS implementers. This is for our inner inner sanctum, our love-in that is EOS worldwide. And the reason I do it is because I have the givers, the teachers, the helpers of the world most die broke because we don't know... we're, we're all trying to fill a hole, and so we, we just keep giving it, giving it, giving yeah. it, giving serve, it. We don't serve, know how serve. to keep yeah. it. Right, right. <laughs> so I've watched so many of the thought leaders die broke, and so wow, I just really? I, oh, I, and I can't disclose a lot of them. Yeah. Um, so in that, I'm teaching them how to keep the money, okay? And so uh, it's, it's, it's all about, I jokingly like to say, it's not, not time to buy boats and cars and planes, and no. so, so it's, it's, this, it's this mental shift. And for me, it starts with the end game that just says, do you want to retire someday? Mm. And most people are going to say yes, which means you can live off your money and not have to work. So let's, most people are going to say yes to that. Okay. And so what kind of a lifestyle do you want to have? And let's hypothetically, you say $100,000 your lifestyle. Okay. Simple math. Yeah. So then that means you need $2 million sitting in an account on that retirement day, paying you 5% and you can live off that. And then you need to factor in, sit with a financial advisor. Yes. They'll teach you this. I don't take my word for all the math, but the point is most people don't get that and they think that for some reason the money machine continues forever and it just doesn't. And so it's a day of reprogramming their brains and teaching them. And and so once they understand the math, then they realize this extra 100, 200, 300, 400,000 dollars they have in their account, the urge to go buy a bigger house, buy a boat, buy a car, buy a this, they realize, whoa, I can put that toward the two million. And so yeah. it's just a mental shift because most people are conditioned to spend that money for whatever reason and think that the money's gonna keep coming in. And it just doesn't always. Things change. So does that answer the yeah, question? Of course, I, I yeah. hope it does. So don't spend it all when you're making it. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah, sock it away. Sock it away. Sock Invested. it away. Yeah. Yeah. And read The Millionaire Next Door. That's the best book mm. I've ever read on the psychology behind it. Mm. The people that well, you don't think are yeah. millionaires are millionaires. And the people that are you think are millionaires are not millionaires. That's you true. Know? Yeah. yeah. So. Who, who wrote that book? Is that a... Uh, two, two gentlemen, and I cannot remember their names, okay, yeah. but Millionaire Next Door, Masterpiece. Yeah. It's kind of like the the millionaire next door that has like a 20-year-old car and, you know. Changed my life in my late 20s for sure. My dad never bought a new car. He always bought used and had like this, you know, old Oldsmobile that he would drive. Yeah. Yeah, he was just always kind of reinvesting his money. So in properties or whatever it might be. So. I love this. What else do we, what else do entrepreneurs need to know? Yeah. Well, so let's so we'll go down these five pieces mm-hmm. of content we've been talking about, right? Yes. So Entrepreneur Leap, Rocket Fuel Traction, slash EOS, mm-hmm. EOS Life. Now the fifth is like the aha voila moment, the icing on the cake. And it's called 10 Disciplines yes. for Managing and Maximizing Your Energy. And this is actually in the EOS Life book. So this I decided to end. do something very weird, and that's add a free mini book to the back of a book. It's the last mm. 30 pages. Yes. And the way I describe it is 
there's nothing else you need to do with what we talked about. Again, as an entrepreneur or any being, all the way up to living your ideal life. But then I call this one living your optimal life because if now you want to take it to a whole nother level, mm -hmm. um, I believe we are all balls of energy, okay? Mm -hmm. And we are pure energy. That's just my belief, and I believe that we are all connected. And so life will be pretty damn good if you just do everything we talked about. But to add this last little piece, um, <laughs> what happened with this is going back to the EOS conference that fourth year, I didn't want to teach EOS life anymore, and I got very vulnerable. And so this only goes back two or three years ago. This is not very, maybe two years ago. And I decided I am going to teach the 10 disciplines I have lived by in my life for two to three decades that magnify my energy 10x. And so in addition to living this great life, then there's this way to boom, explode your energy to a whole nother level. And so that's what it is. It's teaching 10 very specific disciplines to live by every single day that will take your energy to a whole nother mm. level. I love it. You've got a lot of great disciplines here. Knowing, knowing yourself 100%, mm. learning to say no often, you know, all mm. these different things. Prepare every night. I think a lot of people talk about the morning routine, but the evening routine is something here, that here. I focus on a lot, yeah. which is what am I going into? Well, first, I reflect on the day, and I share three things I'm grateful for with my girlfriend, and she shares as well. So we really focus nice. on gratitude awesome. and appreciation. I think when we focus on appreciation, we appreciate mm. into something greater. Mm. We focus on all the 100%. good. Even if it was a stressful day, it's like, man, but there's three powerful things that happened. And that brings us into a peaceful night of sleep. Mm -hmm. And then I start to really prepare of like, what's the main thing I want to take on the next day? Yep. I look at what am I, who am I interviewing, what's happening, and I get myself ready to be focused for those 24 hours mm. or those 18 hours or whatever. And I think that is something a lot of people miss out on. They they just go to bed. Mm. You know, they don't they don't reflect on the day. Yeah. They don't think about tomorrow. And I'm not sure your specific oh, you, preparation you, strategy. But, you nailed it. Yeah, yeah. So so if we could just go a little bit deep into it for about two minutes. Yes. Um, you know, and as I go into these, the way I look at it is, you know, for your audience, they're driven people. These are successful mm. people. And so this makes an assumption that you've got the basics down. In yes. other words, you're eating right, yeah, you're yeah. exercising, you're sleeping well, and you have work ethic, okay? Mm. Then we're going to take and magnify all of that. So you're a racehorse, as I like to describe it, and I'm going to help you run faster and longer. Uh -huh. So this discipline that you're on, which is discipline number eight is mm -hmm. is prepare every night yes and so my my business mentor taught me this at 25 years old i've been doing it every night for now almost 30 years and you're exactly right it is before your head hits the pillow somewhere between five o'clock and your head hitting the, whenever your day ends you have to sit down for 15 to 30 minutes and prepare for the next day mm -hmm. and just lay out in a sequential in a linear fashion your day time blocking your meetings, your appointments, your calls, your projects. And so you're just laying out the whole day so that when your head hits the pillow, you are you took the words out of my mouth. Those words are in the book right wow. there. You will sleep better. Yes. So what does that do for your energy? You will literally wake up with ideas and solutions to projects you're working on the next day because your subconscious is going to work on them because you prepared so well. 
and your energy will go through the, and your creativity will go through the roof yeah. because you what happens is you wake up the next day and you hit the ground running and we and there are people that say oh no i'd like to wake up and ha let the day come at me you know yeah. and so if you wake up and <laughs> yeah. you start checking emails or you walk into the office you have lost all control of your day and so this is you taking control of your day mm. and managing your energy and you will be I want to say twice as productive, wow. but, but who knows the math, but you'll be much more productive. This is an interesting one right here. Yeah. You know, in your, I won't go through all these, but sure. number, number one, you say 10-year thinking. Oh, it's yes. really getting clear on the next 10 years and kind of where you want to be in 10 years and, and reverse engineering it yeah. in, a, in a process that you talk about in here, which I think is really cool. But let me, let me say one thing to that, yeah. okay? Because it's a little more robust than that. And mm -hmm. I learned this at 35, so I've only been practicing this one oh, for wow. 19 years. But oh my God, was it transformative. And so the whole idea is to shift your thinking from now, 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 this year, gotta have it now, gotta get it done now. This, this most driven people, most people listening, we're so impatient, we want everything now. If you can shift your thinking to 10 year thinking, not as much 10 year goals, but I, I urge when I'm doing this talk, you to write down a 10 year goal to get your brain to shift to that. But it's thinking about everything in your life in 10 year timeframes. There's thinking out there that says 25-year thinking. There's mm. thinking that says 100-year thinking. I, I just want you to start with 10 right now, and if you will do that, all I can tell you is what happened for me. And what happened for me is this peace and calm came over me. I felt less urgent. Uh -huh. I started making better decisions, mm. and ironically, I got there faster. When you're in that now, now, now mentality, you're making bad decisions. And so when every decision in your life is now a 10-year decision, oh, it's just so, so much better. <laughs> I can't even explain it to you. And so obviously I go into more detail in the book. Yeah, I love that. And so you have the, your first thing is 10-year thinking. The last thing is be humble. Yeah. In my book, The School of Greatness, of the, the principles mm. I wrote about, the first one was, was have a clear vision. And the last one was be of service. I oh, love it. I'm curious. That's <laughs> so similar. Yeah, I'm curious. Um, what is the difference between why is it important to be humble? Yeah. What degree of humbleness should an entrepreneur have yeah. as they are achieving and accomplishing and getting acknowledged in awards and earning more and all these different things? Yeah. Covers of magazines and press yeah, and yeah, you know, yeah, all this yeah, stuff. Yeah. Is it important to be 100% humble? Should you have some confidence and charisma that might look arrogant, or how do you balance yeah. that yeah. where it doesn't come across as super arrogant? I love it. So one of the core values at uh, EOS Worldwide is humbly confident, okay? Mm -hmm. And so that's what we all subscribe to. Over 400 people in that company, all humbly confident. So it's okay to know your stuff. Mm -hmm. It's okay to be confident. Yes. But there's a big difference between humble confidence and arrogant confidence. And so I describe it as a spectrum, okay? And so if you picture on this end arrogant, on this end humble, you need to ask yourself, where are you on the spectrum? Because ironically, the definition of both, if you literally look up the definition, it's almost verbatim in terms of arrogant. The definition of arrogance is your view, how you view yourself in comparison to others. The definition of humble is almost identical, how you view yourself. Interesting. So arrogant people somehow think they're better than others, and humble people don't feel they're any better than others. And so the point here is, you can be on every magazine mm -hmm. and still be humble. You know, like the leader that comes to mind, and this is big corporate world stuff, so most of your audience may not know, but Alan Mulally that took over Ford Motor Company, uh -huh. to me is probably, if not the greatest leader, one of the greatest leaders in the last 20 years, that man is so humble, mm. so powerful. And anyway, did an amazing turnaround of Ford Motor Company. So the point is, 
you can get all of those accolades. And, and it's something that we all battle on a daily basis, trying to stay humble with all these people coming at us and all these thank you notes and all of these accolades. But it is possible mm. and you don't need to be arrogant. And then the point in all of this is you attract more of what you are. And so what I do is I have then the audience do an exercise where, first of all, they can't do it in the room, but go to the five closest people to you that will be honest and ask them to put a dash on the line as to where you are. Mm. And then I urge you as an individual, put a dash on the line to where you are. Then I urge you to think about the 10 people that you spend the most time with in your life and put a dash on the line for each of the 10 and you'll get really oh, good insight to what you're attracting and what you are. And I just have a strong belief that a humble life is a better life because you attract better people. You have more people that will fight for you energetically. Imagine a life being surrounded by arrogant people and a, and a life being surrounded. You just can feel that energy. And then the last little point is in my 20s, I was going down a very arrogant path. And it was my father-in-law, Neil Pardon, God rest his soul, that through his example, a relatively wealthy man, but so humble. And by watching him, it's not like he took me under his wing and said, hey, be humble. I watched him and he mm. was so humble, so likable. And so I, that's when I learned it's possible to possess wealth wealth, and be humble. So thank God he was in my life because that's where I, I was going the wrong way. Wow. And that was my wake up call. Wow. So that's, and oh, and by the way, gratitude is a huge part. If you will, it's impossible to be arrogant and practice gratitude. And so if you just, so, so what I teach there is every night when your head hits mm. the pillow, as I do, I just say thank you yes. for all of the things yeah. to whoever you like to say thank you to. Yes. And it's kind of hard not to be humble when you're so appreciative so, for everything in your life. Absolutely. Well, Gino, I, I really acknowledge you for your decades of work on this and, and making the complicated simple. Simplifying mm. these things, giving us the tools, the practices to- Appreciate that. To really, do what you've been doing this whole time without mm. really knowing it, which is helping people do what they love with the people they enjoy mm. that they love, making a difference, uh, mm. getting paid well for the difference you're making and having fun for your other passions in your life. That's a pretty amazing life. Mm. The EOS life, mm. the way you call it, how to live your ideal entrepreneurial life, which is also could be for anyone, whether you're an entrepreneur or not. Mm -hmm. um, some amazing work. Traction has been very foundational for, for my team and what we're implementing. And I know we still have more to go on mm -hmm. it. So I gotta, I gotta dive in there more myself and make sure we're, we're, we're doing those things and keep pushing it forward. But I just wanna acknowledge you for, for how you show up for so Means many people. Lot. Means a lot. Because I think entrepreneurs are the ones that are uh, supporting the world, mm -hmm. really. And without entrepreneurs creating products and programs yeah. and services, they're the ones generating revenue to, to fund lives of people to help people live this lifestyle. So uh, how, I, I'm grateful for you and your mm. team's work on making this mission, on bringing it to so many. How many entrepreneurs now are you impacting? Are you using Well, 130,000 companies. And it's there's a lot of people in there. extrapolate the math. So yeah. Traction sold its millionth copy back in August. So I, I have no idea how many. A lot of people are helping. I a lot. So <laughs> I, I appreciate it. Thank uh, you so much thank for, you that. for that. I've got, um, I want people to get the book, The EOS Life. This is. My kind of book, because it's short. I like short and simple books that I can implement right away. Lots of good stuff in here. Go get the book. Get a few copies for your friends as well. The EOS Life. Uh, how to Live Your Ideal Entrepreneurial Life. You can go to your website, GinoWickman.com. You can get it on Amazon, all the other places as well. You're like nowhere on social media. 
You just have LinkedIn and your website, right? I am free, baby. No, free. I, no, no, you can't. You couldn't find. I don't spend one second on social media. It's it's the antithesis of what you're supposed to do. But I'm a very unique being. Yeah, it um, works. So so the website, uh, you can go to eoslife.com. EOS Worldwide is kind of the epicenter of all things EOS wow. and traction and rocket fuel. GinoWickman.com if you want to kind of have a recap of everything we talked about. But in terms of social media, I don't even know if I have a good answer you, for I you. Think you have did they give it? Did they give you something? You just have LinkedIn, but I don't even know if you're on there. No, so I think um, uh, I wish I could say what it is, but my team will give you what the EOS Life social <laughs> oh, gotcha, gotcha, channels yeah. should be. But my apologies for not having oh, no that. Worries. It's, it's uh, just not something. I stay away from that's that. That's good, world. man. That's great. Well, you, I you, am free. <laughs> uh, there's two final questions I want to ask yeah. you. This is called the three truths question. So yeah. hypothetical, imagine it's your last day on earth many years mm -hmm. away. You live as long as you want to live. Mm -hmm. And you live the lifestyle. You do all five of these things mm -hmm. to the highest level. You keep creating how you want to create or whatever you do, you, you do it. But you've got to take all your work with you, mm. all your books, all mm. your content, wow. all your message that you've ever put Ooh. out into the world. No one has access to Whoa. it. All these entrepreneurs are now suffering. Oh, they don't boy. have your work. But you get to leave behind three lessons that you've learned in your life that you would share with the world. This is all we have to remember of your work. Wow. Okay. I call it three truths. Damn. What would it be your three truths? Damn. I pretty much have been asked every question, but that's the first time I've heard this one. It's so good. Well, the first one came to mind really, really fast, and I think the next two will come as I'm talking, but the first one is very clearly let your freak flag fly. And so okay. it's everything we're talking about in a nutshell, and it's in that discipline, one of the 10 disciplines is know thyself so you can be yourself. And so my wish for everyone on the planet is, is to know yourself so you can be yourself, and then I lovingly call it letting your freak flag fly, which is that judgment piece. Oh. Forget all of it and just fully be you in all of your glory and look out, baby. So that's <laughs> that would be number one. Yep. Um, number two, um, man, and then it's, there's, I don't know that there's a close second, but there is like this economic thing that does come to my mind, and we, and we touched on this because I ache for seeing the number of people die broke that I've seen die broke. And it's these drivers and entrepreneurs and givers and helpers and thought leaders. And, and so it would be this point about financial independence and what that really means. Making a half a million bucks a year, making two million bucks a year, that is not financial independence. It's having enough money at the end, whatever that end date is, that's paying you enough money to support your lifestyle. And I'm shocked at how many people don't get that basic premise and don't have anything in savings sitting there at 40 years old. That's shocking. So that would be number two, um, if that one made sense. And then number three, so let me just think here. If there, if there were only three, oh my God, that's so tough. Um, it's just know that you are a part of something bigger than yourself. Those would be the three. Man, that's a good question. I wanna, when I leave, I'm going to be like, oh, I wish. I, I don't know that I'm going to replace any of those three, but that's the best uh, thing I've got for Final question, what's your definition of greatness? Mm. Wow, that's good. So, you know, I talk about all of these incredible thought leaders that I studied and obsessed mm. about in my 20s. And so Napoleon Hill... Earl Nightingale, Jim Rowan, Tony Robbins was in there for a while. 
um, Les Brown, Zig yeah. Ziglar. Zig Ziglar was my dad's mentor, wow. so there's a connection cool. there. And um, but but it's Earl Nightingale. He, he he had a recording in the 50s or 60s called "The Strangest Secret." Okay, and he described success as the how did he word it? Uh, the progression of a worthy goal or ideal. And the point is you are successful when you are working towards something. So it's like the point is the journey never ends. And so somebody who is great to me is somebody who is always growing. Okay. And then I just, it, it's like a, a, a throwaway or an assumption to me that we're all here to serve. And so I'm assuming that as you are working toward a worthy goal or ideal, in other words, always working, always growing, you're never complete, that is success to me. That is greatness to me. And, and inherently, you have a servant mentality. You are serving, helping, you're being the example. Mm-hmm. That's, that's my best definition of that. Oh, man, Gino, thank you so much, man. Appreciate this. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and inspired you on your journey towards greatness. Make sure to check out the show notes in the description for a full rundown of today's show with all the important links. And also make sure to share this with a friend and subscribe over on Apple Podcasts as well. I really love hearing feedback from you guys. So share a review over on Apple and let me know what part of this episode resonated with you the most. And if no one's told you lately, I want to remind you that you are loved, you are worthy, and you matter. And now it's time to go out there and do something great. At Metro, get an iPhone 12 with 5G and a dual camera system for $99.99. Take amazing pictures and share them instantly. And don't put up with life's yada yada. Yada, yada. Like photo bombers. Zoom, crop out, yada, yada. and bye. You don't take yada yada in life, don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Get iPhone 12 with 5G with no activation fees and not a yada yada. Only at Metro by T-Mobile. Switch to Metro, bring your ID. This offer isn't available for customers currently at T-Mobile or that have been with Metro in the past 180 days.